0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu.
1: Good mornings,
0: get ready. We're coming in hot. It's Chris and Gary's Supersonic Radio Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. All right, uh, we start our day with our top headlines. Three things you need to know. Well, maybe it's four. The Los Angeles Lakers go up three to one. The New York Knicks go down three to one. As the N- as the uh, NBA. Uh, playoff tournament continues. Well,
2: not the play-in tournament. That was a few weeks ago. These I said are...
0: playoff tournament.
2: Okay, playoff tournament, I guess, is one way of putting it. Uh, both games did not go the way I would hope they would go. Uh, I really thought Golden State would bounce back, even though not only did I want them, I thought they would come back with a nice win, and they came I'm not oh, sure so anyone close.
0: really cares who you were rooting for.
2: Oh, I had people asking earlier... Uh, and then, of no, course, the Knicks.
0: The dog Mokey on your bed doesn't count. He's on the floor right now. Anyway, uh, but, uh, yeah,
2: both games, you know, the Knicks game is not surprising. Uh, and, you know, they play in a, a really hot Miami team. I don't think the Knicks are playing that poorly. I mean, Jalen Brunson had a great game again, 32 points, Randall and Barrett. Although Stephen A. Smith says uh, I have discussed it with Julius Randall. I'm about to ask for him to get traded. Well, thanks, Stephen A. Uh, but they did not. <laughs> get back in that game uh so that game i i kind of expected it the golden state game though what a fantastic game because golden state did have leads of 10 uh the third quarter and were tied late in the fourth quarter and Mm -hmm. they just laid an egg
0: steph curry three or 14 on threes that's all you need to know all right we'll get back to that in a second uh major league baseball hawaiians how did we do yesterday uh no
2: hits unfortunately a couple of players Ah. only two of the five or did an anybody play yes two of them okay. did play we have isaiah kind falefa for the new york yankees did get the start at third base 0 for 4 191 batting average right now colton wong did start for seattle only got one official at bat 0 for 1 his batting average 188 the new addition to our hawaiians in the major league rico garcia Back in the majors, he is with the Oakland Athletics right now, and he did pitch a couple of times over the weekend without letting up a run. They did not play yesterday, but we'll give updates on him every day as well.
0: Rico Garcia, Hawaii Pacific University. Shout out to Neil Everett. Yes. All right. (laughs) The HHSAA New City Nissan Boys Volleyball Championship Tournament is underway. Also, the title guarantee girls water polo ladies are in action. Uh, A lot of sweeps yesterday in uh, volleyball at least.
2: Yeah, you don't get... really have
0: sweeps in water polo. Probably not, probably not. Uh, for be- for volleyball,
2: this is just going to get better and better every day this week. And if we go according to the Chalk, would it be Punahou or Kamehameha versus uh, Moanalua maybe in the championship this weekend?
0: Hey, I wasn't paying attention. Okay, so um, Punahou beats Kamehameha uh, in five, two days in a row, and then they had that third match. Who won that third one? Tanner, do you know? Kamehameha. Come here, mail one. Ah, okay. All right. Well, uh, here we go. All right. Charlie Wade's on the show a little later on in the 8 o'clock hour today uh, as we, um, you know, get his uh, reaction on the season. And uh, we have more if you want to text in at 808-296-1420. Uh, more well wishes for the men's volleyball team. All right. Let's go back to uh, uh, basketball and the uh, the mighty, mighty Los Angeles Lakers. That was was it just me or was Kim Kardashian sitting in a courtside? She was there I
2: know she was there Saturday right next to the Lakers bench. I, yeah, I don't okay, know where that she, was
0: her then. Yeah that was her then. Okay. Yes. Um anyway, so um it just you know, Lonnie Walker the fourth, what a great fourth quarter just goes to show you that another player that leaves the San Antonio Spurs becomes a star without uh Greg Popovich, you see? I wouldn't it's call a, him a, It's kind of a common theme. After you know, you're like, no one knows who you are in the Spurs. All of a sudden, you leave, and you're like, whoa, this guy's really good, huh?
2: Like Kawhi Leonard, I guess, would be an example of that, huh? Sure, <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> uh, Lonnie Walker, according to reports, by the way, is dating Kim Kardashian. So maybe that's why. Oh, that's uh, nice. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I'm not sure if it was TMZ where I saw that last
0: night. That's yeah, he, pretty good, though. If your girlfriend can get the, the you, you know, you got enough pull for your girlfriend to get the courtside seat. I think I have a feeling Kim Kardashian gets has enough pull on her own without
2: Lonnie Walker, but uh, yeah, she was right next to the Lakers bench that night. Uh, and Lonnie I think Walk- she was
0: with her sister. Was it? I,
2: I don't know who she was with, but uh,
0: I'm not sure. I just saw it for a second, and then they wouldn't show her again. Right, right. They, I love what they show the celebrities to see who is out
2: and about. Lonnie Walker almost outscored Golden State in the fourth quarter. Think about that. Wow. He had 15 points, 15 in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter off the bench, and Golden State uh-huh. had 17 in the fourth quarter i mean i really felt throughout that game that they were going to win it was going to be close finally a really close game back and forth and the way golden state played down the stretch a couple of careless mistakes the turnover by draymond green Steph curry at the end awful Mm -hmm. awful shooting
0: they yeah they did they they just seemed so sloppy at the end like that that's not the golden state warrior even steph curry yeah i mean they were just they were just so sloppy and out of control like they were in total panic mode I, I didn't get that it was it was kind of hard to watch you know Steph Curry getting that you know getting the jump ball at the end of the game and instead of calling timeout, just kind of throws it up and hopefully someone can get it that was that was very unstuffed curry like.
2: Yes, and the way I look at Golden State, I mean, going into the series as an example, if they were going to lose, you'd think, okay, the Lakers are hot, it can happen, LeBron James, all that. They're still a really great team. But the way they are losing the series, and if they lose in five, which I don't think anybody saw coming, I do wonder even more if this is the end of their dynasty, the end of their run. Not that they're still going, not going to be really good in the future like next year. You might lose a Draymond Green, but I think they're missing a little bit. And I didn't think that last year as they came on, obviously. And beat Boston, but yeah, the other way they're playing—it's been really hard to watch because they're losing in ways they not—they're not, they're not normally losing by. You know, the thirty-point yeah. loss the other day, awful three-point shooting in the fourth quarter. Klay Thompson, nine points, three of eleven shooting, three of nine on three, very un-Golden State-like.
0: Even um, towards the end of the game, uh, before the, right before the jump ball, Draymond Green gets it, and he's like dribbling, and it's like, who are you throwing it to? He's not even looking. He's just kind of throwing it. Okay, let me throw it in, I think it was Wiggins' direction. Let me just throw it that way. Did you see that? Remember, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is is a pretty athletic, seven-foot-tall guy. <laughs> it's, like, it's all arms. It's like, uh, uh, it was when, frustrating. It was, it was Musk... frustrating because I, I don't really, I I like the Golden State Warriors. I like the L.A. Lakers. I kind of root for them both. I basically watch and root for whoever's behind. And uh, it was, you know, frustrating to watch. So when the Lakers won, I was like, "Oh, okay, Lakers won. That's cool." I was hoping
2: this series would go seven, and I have a f- now it's going to be hard for that to happen. On that play that you are describing with Draymond Green driving baseline, having. Having gone up in the air, nobody to throw it to, after he throws it away, Dennis Schroeder turned around and smiled in his face like, what did you just do? And it was all over Twitter last night where people – I didn't realize it live, but the video of that is pretty oh, funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he gave him a look like, wow, he just really quick turn of the head, like, thanks a lot. What did you just do for us?
0: <laughs> Steph Curry, by the way, man, what a game Steph Curry had. How many – 31 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. Except for that play at the end. I mean, Steph Curry, you can't say Steph Curry's slowing down. But all of a sudden, how come Clay Thompson, he'll, and he'll go in spurts. I know one of yeah. these games, I forget which one, he was like the leading scorers, lights out, three-point shooter. I've only seen two games in this series, and both times it was Clay Thompson just throwing up a bunch of bricks. Yeah, he's hit a, he hit a he a
2: one nice three from the corner yesterday but overall, yeah, he's been inconsistent. You wonder if that's maybe as a result of the injuries he has suffered in being See, out of the
0: how How does that affect
2: you your shooting? I just wonder if even if whether it's his legs not in full, you know, full sync, so to speak, where he just doesn't have everything that he your used legs to have. aren't
0: in full sync. Well, I'm not. He doesn't, have the, your words, he doesn't he doesn't
2: he doesn't have the strength. He's not in a rhythm. He doesn't have the same everything whether it's a release point or things like that on his jumper. He still can be really, really good, but he is not as consistent, and that's very noticeable mm. since he came back from like basically a two-year layoff. What a what a what a what a game by uh, Steph
0: Curry, though, man. But he missed uh, so many shots
2: in the fourth quarter. I, I mean, the numbers yeah. look really good,
0: but the shots yeah. he missed,
2: again, 3 of 14 on threes. That is
0: not Steph Curry. Right. Yeah, 3 of 14, 12 of 30 overall. But, I mean, he had to. I mean, no one else could hit a basket. And they were guard, they were, And you know what? They had Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis guarding him on the three-point line. He couldn't get a three-pointer off at the end of the game. Remember that? He, he got it
2: off, but it wasn't close because of Anthony Davis and his length. Right. LeBron was covering him earlier as well, and that's smart of L.A. Yeah. to do stuff like that to make it more difficult for him, and they did exactly what they wanted,
0: make him struggle. Yeah. LeBron, James, uh, ends, LeBron James ends up with um, 27 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, so almost a double-double. A.D., 23 points. 15 rebounds. Woo!
2: He had, he had a very good game. I mean, it wasn't where the every other game where he had a really good game and kind of an ugly game like he's been known for earlier in these playoffs. Yeah, he had a really good back-to-back games, of course, and more importantly, the rebound yesterday, the defense as well. One thing about LeBron James, and I, I don't enjoy saying this, but I notice it too often, shot selection. Why are you shooting those threes in the fourth quarter where he missed, I believe, three of them? There was no reason to take them early in the shot clock on one or two when you had the lead. I just yeah. don't – I mean, he's not Steph well, Curry where he should be doing that, taking those well, ill-advised threes.
0: It's it's He's, you know, just like Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson's a shooter. You let shooters shoot. So whether he's on or off, let him shoot his way out of it. I think LeBron James has earned the – he's earned the right – to pick it you know you can't complain if you're the coaching staff on any shot that lebron takes
2: i i wonder well the thing
0: is I don't, he's not clay
2: thompson though he's not known to be a great three-point shooter so i don't think he has mm-hmm. i mean he can say he had the right or he can say that but i just think they were ill-advised early in the shot clock and a couple of them rushed. you didn't need a three at those points and i believe there was three in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter that i remember that he just missed and uh, i just noticed that about him a lot and i uh I don't know why I see it all the time, and maybe because he does it often, it didn't hurt the team as it turns out, but it could have.
0: Yeah, I, I think you, 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 if you're LeBron James, you've earned the right. You, you know more than I do when watching him. I really, I really think that. But um, here's a guy. Do you know the the contract situation with Austin Reeves? He, he's that guy number 15 for the yeah. Lakers. But that guy is just so consistent, game in and game out. We talked about Clay Thompson. Oh, he's good this game, you know bad this game lebron james has had off games anthony davis has had good games and bad games in these playoffs austin reeves seems to be just a you know a solid a a solid player and really people will lay off him a little bit because they're too worried about the stars on the team that I mean, he's you know he's he makes some key shots at key times in this in the, in in these games. He does
2: so many great things for them. I love watching him play. He's kind of like a blue collar kind of guy, and he doesn't really need to score a ton of points. Uh, I like some of his quotes or comments where he says, "I just want to make as much money as I can." I mean, which is so refreshing to hear the truth from an athlete. I, I don't, I'm going to look up his contract and get it here. I think he has one more year left. Uh, he signed a two year deal. Uh so we should have one will be no excuse me he'll be a free agent July 1st.
0: So All right. So that's what, that's what I was hoping for is you know what? I mean if you guys don't want him somebody else certainly will. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean bad teams like the uh, New York Knicks or Brooklyn Nets they could use a guy like this to the, help them out, huh? The
2: New York Knicks in the final 8 of the NBA playoffs winning around on the upswing and they're a bad team. <laughs> Yesterday they were.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. They, you know, but I love Austin
2: Reeves, too. I, I do as well. Everything about his game. Unselfish, he's, 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 good player. Look,
0: he, he he's still a baby. He's he's uh, he's um 24 years old. I don't know if he's ever shaven before either, but
2: uh, he is that good. And he just, again, he, he, he can compliment other players. He's a good
0: ball handler. I don't know if deep. he's ever shaven.
2: He looks like he's so clean cut. Like, I don't know if he's ever
0: shaved before. I mean, it shaved before, but in the I don't sense he's ever shaven before.
2: I think in the tense, the sense I was uh, making that yeah, comment, that was the right no. pronunciation. And uh, no, uh, I think yeah, I could go either way.
0: I'm really sorry, I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> I'm but, sure you yeah. didn't. <laughs> hey, let's check a uh, take a traffic check and be back with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. Yeah. Hope you're having a great morning so far. It's going to be mostly sunny again today with nice trade winds. It's uh, Chris Hart, Gary Dickman, if you're coming into town. If you're headed the other way, it's Gary Dickman and Chris Hart on ESPN Honolulu. Rich Cimini, uh from ESPN NFL Nation is going to join us in, uh, oh, about 15 minutes on the NFL. What's going on in the NFL? Well, he's going to be, he covers the New York Jets. So,
2: you know, soon to be Super Bowl oh, champ. <laughs> the Jets.
0: Why don't we talk about the Brooklyn Nets? Because the Jets. Why don't we talk about hockey? Oh,
2: there's oh, yeah, Let's talk okay. about hockey. Oh, here we go. How about those Kraken?
0: Aren't you a Kraken well, fan? I, I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, did they do good? Did they win a yeah, game? Yeah,
2: they won a series, uh, and they're oh, winning good. this series as well against Dallas. The place is going crazy. Uh, their arena in Seattle for this hockey team. Second, it was the second or third year in existence, and
0: they've got a good chance to go second to the second or third Cup. year. The Kraken. Yeah. They haven't been around for three years. I try- Wow, this is their second year already? Wow. Second and- year already. That's like, the remember when the Vegas Knights started off? Same. Yep, yep. First year yeah. they
2: went to the Stanley Cup final.
0: Yeah, all right.
2: Is that all the hockey talk you want? Uh, that's all I get. That's all I
0: get. <laughs> I'll listen. Go ahead. I'll just nod. Go ahead. I'll nod along with you. Well, I'll just, I'll just say one thing as it compares to basketball.
2: Uh, In hockey right now in the Eastern Conference, the Florida Panthers are one win away to go to the Eastern Conference final. They're the eighth seed. We see that in Florida Panthers...
0: Isn't, s- that a U- isn't that a USFL team? Didn't
2: Chris say he was going to sit back and listen? I thought uh, – <laughs> the, the point is they were an eighth seed that happens often in hockey, more way more often than basketball. Hot goalie will make all the difference. So you see that kind of thing. What we're seeing in the NBA is really amazing and very rare because even with the play-in tournament, you still have these seeds from the seven through ten teams, and Miami is the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. They are one win away from going to the Eastern Conference final. That doesn't happen often in basketball where you get an eight seed winning the first round, let alone a second round. And in the Western Conference, the Lakers are a seven seed. Uh, barely making the playoffs. I mean, they didn't clinch a spot till late in the regular season, and they are one win away from going to the Western Conference Finals. I think it's different in the Lakers' scenario in that you you have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, when they're healthy, they probably – if they were healthier, they wouldn't have been a seventh seed. But then you look at Miami, they did not have a good regular season, yet we're seeing these two teams do what they're doing. It's, again, something you don't see often in basketball with these upsets in the
0: playoffs. You know what you know why you know what Miami has going for them they got Eric Spoelstra they got a coach with a lot of playoff experience I read
2: last night where he is according to many experts totally out-coaching Tom Thibodeau. Here's one example. He takes um, Jimmy Butler, and he puts him on yeah, Jalen Jimmy Brunson. Jimmy Buckets! But he puts him on Jalen Brunson, I think, in Game 3 started that. Jalen Brunson's getting his points, but he's making them work for it, but he's slowing them down a little bit. Uh, just the way he's substituting and changing his defenses up, he's doing an excellent job. And, uh, you know, he's been there so long. There's only, there's only four coaches in the NBA that have been with the same team since 2019. That's only four years ago. So, Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, Eric Spoelstra. I got to remember the fourth, but coaches come two and go. Got,
0: two of those coaches are really good you just mentioned.
2: Great Popovich, yes, is a Hall of Famer. Uh but ah. <laughs> that that's not that coaches come and go really often in the NBA. So Eric Spoelstra. it's horrible.
0: Okay, 3 of the yeah. four coaches who've in the last 4 years of the last 4 years, 3 of the 4 coaches who won NBA championships have been fired. Nick Nurse was just fired. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? B- Budenholzer? Uh mm-hmm. that's crazy. I mean I think they deserve well, a little think, bit more. I think Yeah, but Hoser, he's gonna get a he'll get a job somewhere. He'll, he will. They say he's gonna get a job right away.
2: He well, I don't I mean, I'm not sure what openings are out there right now. Well
0: uh <laughs> San Antonio probably. <laughs>
2: I think I bet Popovich will have one more year. I don't know. I don't know how he's gonna announce it if he's gonna give a year's okay. notice, whatever, but
0: well, what if they get Wem uh, Wemby Wembenyana? What Wembenyama? if they get that kid from France? What if they get because they could, they're like I think what do they have the fourth best lottery chances? The
2: Spurs are somewhere know. They're towards the way
0: bottom of the league somewhere, but it's like yeah. third or fourth. I think fourth. I mean, if they get him, I wouldn't retire. You That's, can do the whole. You can do the whole Phil Jackson thing and just ride. You know, ride these uh, great uh, players to championships. Just go along for the ride.
2: That could keep a coach intact a little bit longer if you get this generational player <laughs> uh, in Victor Wemmeyama. I mean, he is from Europe, it. so it kind of fits, right? That's true. I didn't think of that angle, right? that connection yeah. there, yes. But getting back to Eric Spolster, yeah, the, the, everything he gets thrown his way as far as the uh, acknowledgement, the credit, he definitely has deserved. What a great story that has been and still is.
0: Yeah. Hey, I wanted to um, – the. Um, New City Nissan HHSAA Boys Volleyball Championship uh, tournament is going on. Day one yesterday. Congratulations to the Vikings of Hilo. Uh, they beat Kaiser three to one. Punahou sweeps uh, sweeps. They sweep them. <laughs> they sweep Lelihua three to nothing. Uh, Mililani sweeps Kahuku three to nothing. Roosevelt beat Lahaina Luna, and Roosevelt's. Uh, you know what their their reward is. Congratulations! You get to play Kamehameha. You
2: get this deep, not that it's that deep yet in the tournament, but you expect to play the best teams around when you go this far and win a playoff round. It's going to get <laughs> harder and harder.
0: Congratulations, Hilo! You get to now play Moanalua. Right. I don't know how the bracket looks like, and I don't. I'm looking at scoring live right now. I don't know how the the, the brackets go, but um, is it possible? And I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know that you know or not either. But is it possible we have a Moanalua-Kamehameha final?
2: I think they are the top two seeds, which means they would not meet until the championship.
0: Oh, ho, 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 ho. get your popcorn ready.
2: Yeah, that should be great coming up this weekend.
0: Yeah, we'll have some semifinals in the finals uh, on uh, CBS 1500 uh, later on in the week. But uh, today uh, it is Hilo against Moanalua. University takes on Pahoa. Uh, the Puns against uh, Kamehameha Maui. Radford and Waimea go at it. Mililani and Kamehameha Hawaii. Did we used to say Kamehameha Big Island? I don't think we did. Uh, Aiea against Moloka'i. The Battle of the Green Teams. Roosevelt and Kamehameha, as we mentioned, and Konawina against St. Louis. Hey, St. Louis is not too shabby either in boys' volleyball.
2: I don't know a lot about them, but I would imagine they're taking the back seat because of what Punahou and Kamehameha are doing in volleyball overall. So Yeah,
0: but uh, anyway, congratulations once again to hey, Punahou Tennis, winning uh, state championships in boys and girls. Congratulations once again, St. Louis boys, winning uh, the uh, HHSAA uh, uh, track state championship, Punahou Girls. ILH school is doing very, very well in these state championships, huh? Oh,
2: as usual. And, again, I'll I'll get the exact year, but the ILH in boys' volleyball has, won, I believe, the last 20 championships, state championships.
3: So, Lua
2: the ILH overall. Oh, wow. So, Uh for Moanalua being top seed and doing what they've done this year, that's going to be history in the making, so to speak, if they are able to accomplish that feat coming
0: up this weekend. Isn't that like back in the day, like when, uh, who was it? Was it Hilo that won a state championship in basketball, like in the late 70s something?
2: They they won it in 91, oh, I believe, beating Alika Smith at Kalaheo, who was undefeated. But that was their first championship in like 30 years. So I think it was in the wow. 60s when they won the previous one, yes. Yeah. And that was Done. an incredible game and atmosphere. I remember being at that one.
0: Unreal. Hey, uh, Charlie Wade's going to join us. It's going to be a couple hours from now, but Charlie Wade's going to join us later on today. He's out walking the dogs right now.
2: Yes, yes.
0: But, uh, so thank you, Charlie. He's, um, um, you know, uh, <laughs> what, a, what a magical season, man. I still can't get over. I mean, this is the stuff that you, you think back and you go, hey, remember that 2017 and the last few games sold out 50,000 seats at the lowest stadium? This is one of those things we're going to remember. And I don't know if we – you know, it seems like we've got the kind of program where you wouldn't be like, you know, like football's up and down, up and down, up and down, right? Yes. Baseball and and basketball's kind of, you know, a, kind of, you know, uh, middle of the road's a bad word a bad way to put it, but they're kind of steady on where they Consistent, are. Consistent, yeah. Once in a while you go to the tournament, you know, that kind of thing. Uh football up and down, up and down. But volleyball seems like it's like it's it's way up here. It's it's top tier. Top shelf. And it seems with the way the recruiting and everything is going that uh, it's like this is kind of going to be the norm. So I don't know if we ever we ever look back and say, hey, remember when we went to four championships in a row, right? Yeah. and that, I don't know if we ever do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: th- th- that in itself is incredible, and I don't think it's over. I don't know if they're going to. Go to the championship next year but we know that even though they lost so much they have a lot coming back great recruiting class as you kind of said i don't think this run is necessarily over but just in itself again four seasons in a row playing in the championship how many other schools could say anything close to that in any sport so it's really been an incredible accomplishment that's why i don't think the loss on saturday hurt as much as it might have been in other years
0: As 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 our friend Derek Branch would say, I am feeling you, dog. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rich Samini from ESPN NFL Nation on the <laughs> New York Jets. Yes. Uh, yeah, get your popcorn ready. Uh, Jets Talk, coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Time now for our bulletin board. Hey, did you know that when you talk, read, or sing with your child, you're helping shape their brain? Every parent has the power to create a strong start for our children from the day they're born. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org. you got lots of free tips and ideas. Check it out. Uh, this bulletin board brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union and ESPN Honolulu.
2: Gary Dickman and Chris Hart on this Tuesday morning. We're going to talk some NFL right now, and not often is a team going through with what the New York Jets have gone through. has been a great offseason. I am real happy about that, and I think our next guest is as well, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, coming back in a second. We just lost the connection there, but we're going to talk with Oh, Rich.
1: no, I, I'm here.
0: I'm here. It's me, Rich. The Jets? Yeah, they're horrible. I, I, hate, I hate covering the Jets. They're really bad. Uh, Next question,
2: please. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. The Jets are on the run. But, again, it's the off season, and I am hopeful that it will carry over to the regular season. A lot of people are anticipating when the NFL schedule – well, gets released on Thursday. We'll get into that about the schedule in just a minute. Joining us now on ESPN Honolulu, ESPN NFL Nation reporter covering the New York Jets. Rich Samini, back with us. Rich, great to talk to you again. Has the excitement died down with Aaron Rodgers finally
3: getting traded to our New York Jets? Well, I guess not. The Jets still still tweeting a, a lot of practice video from Rogers, uh, you know, like uh, like it's like the last throw of the Super Bowl or something like that. Practice video. But, yeah, the Jets are pretty excited. Realistically, and I know there are
2: people saying, well, they're a playoff team and they've got all these weapons, some of the other acquisitions, some former Green Bay Packer coaches and players, and I know they had the Rookies of the Year last year. But when you look at this roster today, realistically, what do you expect out of them this upcoming season?
3: Well, I think they're better than what they were last year. They were 7-10 and 10 last year. I think they probably could have won 9 or 10 games if they just had competent quarterback play. Obviously, Rodgers addresses that issue, so I think we're looking at a few more wins out of the Jets this year. I don't think they're a Super Bowl favorite or anything like that. I mean, we let's not forget about in Cincinnati. Um, you could argue the AFC is so that Rodgers might only be like the fifth or sixth best quarterback in the AFC, so I think I think the Jets are probably right in there somewhere, somewhere between the fifth, sixth, seventh best team in the AFC.
2: As far as the trade itself, and we don't know how long Aaron Rodgers will play. Do you think they got fair value as far as what they gave up in return with those draft picks?
3: I do. Uh, he was non-committal uh, on how much he's gonna, how long he'll play. I think he's gonna play two years unless something. Unforeseen happens, like a major injury or something. I think they're going to get two years, at least two years, out of Rogers. Um, I thought they gave up too much. Quite frankly, they essentially giving up. They give up a two this year, and probably a one next year. As long as he is standing by the end of the year, you know the conditional pick will turn into a one. So that's a lot, you know. So I think you got to get at least two years to make it worth it. Or you gotta to get to the Super Bowl in the first year.
2: We're talking the New York Jets football team right now with their acquisition of Aaron Rodgers and more. Rich Semini from ESPN NFL Nation is our guest here on ESPN Honolulu. My main concern, I know you're well aware, but I want to hear you talk a little bit about the offensive line because you got the receivers, you got a great defense now, you got some running backs that are good with Brees Hall, Michael Carter. The offensive line, specifically the left tackle, I think is a big concern.
3: A lot of moving parts on that offensive line right now. I think only two out of the five jobs are secure. The two guard spots are pretty much solidified. But, you know, center and two tackles, which are probably the three most important positions on the offensive line, are still up in the air. So, uh, yeah, right now, Wayne Brown is probably the favorite left tackle. Um, You know, really good career, outstanding career, but he's going to be 38. He's coming off shoulder surgery, so you wonder how much he's got left. And at right tackle, it's kind of a, a who's who. They have uh, guys like Mekhi Becton, Max Hill. They signed Billy Turner. So really, no favorite there. And then at center, they're going to be good for the long term. They drafted Joe in out of Wisconsin in the second round. I thought that was a good pick. He's going to start eventually. I don't know if it'll be. It might go with Connor McGovern. So that job is going to be an open competition. So, yeah. It's a little bit concerning because you'd like your offensive line to be solidified, uh, and right now it's not. Mackay
2: Becton, I mean, he gets drafted so high, all that potential, then we have all those injuries, hasn't really played much the last few years. Is he going to be one of those draft busts, or can he still
3: be a contributor
2: to this team? And if so, will it ever be at the left tackle position at some point?
3: Well, it's funny you mention that because, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a brush fire. I don't want to say it's a controversy, maybe a little brush fire the other day. Robert Sala said at a press conference basically he's going to play the five best linemen and Makai Becton tweeted the next day, um, I am a you know uh very emphatically in a tweet he, he deleted that tweet. Sala was he appreciated the tweet, but basically all he said was you gotta you know, if he wants to be a left tackle then earn it. You know, that's what the competition's for. So Makai has done a great job of losing weight this offseason. We know he's had some serious weight issues. He was up to 400 pounds a couple of years ago. I'm told he's up to about 340 right now. So he's really putting his best foot forward. The, the only question there is, you know, can he keep it off? And he's got a knee that has been operated on twice in the last year and a half. So can that knee hold up? He has talent. And uh, he's got a lot of motivation now because it's a contract year, so we'll see if he can stay healthy. We're talking Jets football. Rich Sabini from ESPN
2: NFL Nation. A great follow on Twitter at Rich Sabini is our guest here with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. What is your evaluation right now of the wide receivers? You've got a couple of ex Packers and Cobb and Lazard. Obviously, Garrett Wilson with what he did last year. Your thoughts on this as a unit of the wide receivers?
3: Yeah, I know Garrett Wilson was outstanding last year. I think he exceeded expectations. Uh, I mean, to win Offensive Rookie of the Year for a team that had such erratic quarterback play is quite a summit to Garrett. Wilson. So, I think he will be a, a really good number one receiver for the Jets. After that, you know, you got Lazard, who's you know who's a solid receiver. I I don't think he's a Pro Bowl receiver, but he obviously has a good chemistry with uh, with Aaron Rodgers and, and Corey Davis is a former starter who has not lived up to expectations so the Jets have you know they brought in McCole Hardman from the Chiefs mm. who is who is extremely fast uh has been somewhat inconsistent as a receiver but he can do different things more of a gadget player so I I think the Jets have a good receiving core uh, I think if something were to happen they'd be in a whole lot of trouble because I think he's their only game breaker Let's talk for a second about
2: the defense. Two years ago, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Last year, one of the best defenses in the NFL. I know Sauce Gardner is part of the reason for that. How does the defense look right now to
3: you? Yeah, that was an amazing turnaround by the Jet defense. They they, they weren't one of the worst defenses two years ago. They were the worst defense <laughs> and, and in like, and like every major category. And Last year, I think they finished fourth, so it was one of the biggest turnarounds in recent history, so a lot of credit to them. And, uh, you know, basically they have all their guys back. You know, they lost uh, one or two, you know, complimentary players, but their main cogs are back, and then they drafted Will McDonald in the first round out of Iowa State. He'll give them a little bit more of a pass rush. Uh, so it's a really good defense. I think the Jets maybe tend to overrate it a little bit. Well, I mean, it's not a dominant defense. I think it has the potential to be, but they were not good less in the ball away. And they were also not great on third down. And those are two areas where you have to be really good at if you want to be known as a dominating defense. So I think those are two areas they need to improve on.
2: Last year, if I'm not mistaken, the Jets were on national TV once it was a Thursday night game against Jacksonville with the beginning of the season did not look like a good game of course Jacksonville ended up making the playoffs. the schedule comes out on Thursday. I would imagine the Jets are going to be on
3: national TV a lot more this season Well I, I think it, it might be I mean right now the way the rules are written, the team could be on uh, national uh, prime time uh, six times and then seven. if if they flex you in at the end of the year. And I I would not be shocked at all if the Jets get six primetime games. When the schedule comes out, it would not shock me at all if they're in primetime in week one, Uh, maybe a Sunday night game, maybe a Monday night game. Uh, The Jets are a hot ticket right now. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers acquisition changes everything for the Jets. Uh, I had probably a pretty decent team without him, but, you know, maybe like a seven- or eight-win team Now with Rodgers, you know, he's must-see TV. I mean, we're talking about one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in the last 20, 25 years. And people want to watch Aaron Rodgers. He's a fun guy to watch. You know, he's he's an entertainer, and this is an entertainment business. So I do think the Jets will be uh, seeing a lot of primetime football.
2: September can't come soon enough. As long as he stays healthy, I think it'll be a good season for the Jets. Rich, thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Always great talking Jets football with you. Hopefully there'll be a playoff team this year.
3: All right, my pleasure as always.
2: Thanks. All right, thank you so much. Rich Samini, ESPN NFL Nation reporter, joining us on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. When Rich was talking about Aaron Rodgers, Chris, I'm not sure if everybody heard some, one of these stories about his appearances. He was at all these games last week, a hockey playoff game with New York, the Knicks playoff game, and he was with Sauce Gardner last Tuesday, I believe, at the Knicks-Miami Heat game. And Aaron Rodgers at one point tells Sauce Gardner, hey, we're sitting next to Jessica Alba. So I'm just letting you know and he goes, Who's that? And Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers gave him a look like he could not believe that he did not know who Jessica Alba was. Jessica Alba after the game tweeted that the sauce guy is actually really nice. He was talking to my friend. He was really sweet. It's really good that he gets along with his elders so well as well with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty funny, but that could made the a lot sauce of
0: sauce guy? Is that the what sauce... you said? The she... sauce guy? Yeah.
2: I thought it was pretty interesting with the comments there, but especially referring to Aaron Rodgers as his elder, which he is. But that was kind of fun. But uh, so far, so good. But, again, no games have been played. But I am optimistic, at least right now, which I haven't had as a Jets fan in a long time, that kind of feeling.
0: All right. It's state championship season. And as you look over the years of state championships, there's a lot of streaks in the different sports. Why is that? We'll talk about that next on ESPN Honolulu. You know how uh, people uh, celebrate uh, Rusty Komori, the Punahou tennis coach, because he won 57 uh, state championships in a row, something like that, right? Yes. A lot of state championships. Boy, how come nobody talks about Rick Toon? This guy, Rick Toon. I remember he used to play for U8. Right. He's a Punahou yeah. volleyball coach. He's won, like, what, 12 out of the last 13 state championships in boys' volleyball? Woo! He's done a great I- job there. Yeah, uh, but uh, the eight, we're in a championship season here. Again, there's a lot of state championships going on, and there's a lot of streaks. And speaking of boys' volleyball, Punahou School has won 38 of the last 52 state championships in boys' volleyball since 1969. Since the merger of the NFL, 38 of the 52 go to Punahou. That's got to be a little boring. <laughs> for some people i don't know uh
2: it might be disappointing for some people and frustrated but it must be equally on the other side I'm it's kind excited. of
0: disappointing for everybody else really everybody
2: else yeah i guess not that's some not people right. yeah
0: kamehameha kapalama has won five state championships ilani three state championships so you you, you get a theme here there's no oia schools in boys volleyball you got to it kind of makes you want to root for moanalua a little bit this year right I would think or so. I don't have a dog upset in the fight. Yeah. Or a stunning upset by Roosevelt. It's nice to see somebody I else. Charlie Wade's, I hope Charlie Wade's not listening right now. <laughs> just after studying, if he was, he's not anymore. His son plays for Kamehameha, if you're just tuning in. OIA has five championships. Roosevelt has three. Rough riders. Uh, the, the last non-ILH team to win the championship was Farrington. Uh, they won twice, from 70 to 71. Well, wouldn't that be Roosevelt, the last team to win? I'm just going off of Tanner's uh, info. Yeah, me too. They won in 79. Hilo, okay. Hilo is the only neighbor island team to win the Division One championship in 1969. Wow. Uh, that's as far as the record go, book goes back at sportshigh.com. There's some other uh, streaks just by schools, and I wonder why this is. And I guess when you look back at Cal Lee's run of um, prep bowls, right, yeah. all the state championships uh, from St. Louis, and you say, oh, why Why is St. Louis, if you're from out of town, why is this team so good? Well, they win state championships, and that's if your kid is a football player you want him to be a great football player, you would send him to St. Louis, right? Yeah. So – in girls volleyball, from two thousand five to twenty one, Kamehameha girls volleyball has won eleven out of the eighteen state championships. It's basically they had a long streak of like six in a row, and then every other year they won. That's crazy. What makes Kamehameha so good in girls volleyball? You can't really recruit, can you, because of the um, because of the, the, the academic, uh, admission no. requirements. Uh, what?
2: The admission. I mean, as far as getting admitted to Kamehameha, it's not like anybody can go there.
0: Right, right, right. I, I think nowadays you can. I think somebody sued. I could be wrong on that. Um, look at look at bowling. Pearl City. The, the great town right across the street from me. <laughs> Remember, I live on the border of IA and Pearl City. Right? Yes. Uh, Boys bowling won seven state championships in a row from 2010 to 16. Girls bowling for Pearl City, six out of seven state championships from 2011 to 2017. I mean, there was a long period of time where you couldn't sniff a state championship for boys or girls unless you went to Pearl City High School. Okay, and is that recruiting back then or is it more coaching? where
2: you're building a program where you can continue to coach and maybe have a really good thing going there. But it's not like maybe some of these private schools that are recruited players, and maybe that's part of the reason for their on-field success. Is that the case for Pearl City, do you think, for bowling? Well, oh, public schools don't recruit? Well, especially back then. I mean, you didn't really hear about it with public schools 20 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, did you?
0: Well, I'm, I'm saying 2000. This is, this is five years ago. That they, they won that streak six yeah, or seven but, in a row. Yeah, so I'm mean, well, from 2011 to 17, 2010 to 16. So yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's 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 cool to look at these streaks, but at the same time, it makes you wonder. Gosh, what what you know what what is it about Punahou volleyball? Why not Iolani volleyball? Maybe it's just the emphasis they put on. Um, you know, in club ball when the kids are young, or something like that. Who, who knows? But they've had c- coaches who have been there forever. Rick Toon for bat- volleyball has been there forever. Rusty
2: Camori for tennis has been there forever. I think the consistency of having the same coaching staff probably. I helps think it's as a well.
0: culture. Yeah, it's got to be a culture. It's got to be a culture thing too. By the way, you know, whatever sport you look up, if you look up, say, like uh, uh, boys bowling or riflery you'll probably see that Chris McLaughlin has coached a state championship, (laughs) too. Yeah, right. (laughs) He's he's coached so many different sports. Truly a renaissance, man. It's uh, just before 7 o'clock with the Sports Animals. And uh, top three things you need to know coming up next. Good morning! Happy Tuesday, Taco Tuesday with the Sports Animals. Actually, it's a National Alphabet Magnet Day. Who did not grow up with the alphabet magnets? That's awesome. You didn't grow well. They didn't. They didn't invent magnets when you were a kid, Gary. Uh, I love
2: magnets. I don't remember an alphabet magnet
0: though. You don't remember the, the the colorful ABCDs magnets on people's refrigerators? I didn't really visit a
2: lot of people's houses and check out their refrigerators, so I don't remember that.
0: Well, back then, your parents would tie a stake to your neck so the dog would play with you. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. (laughs) Okay, okay, so that doesn't pertain. Okay, how about this? Happy National Lost Sock Memorial Day.
2: Wow, that's funny you should say that because I have a single sock. I hate it when I get a single sock, and I have one right here. You
0: know what happens, I think, to these socks? because if you put socks in the dryer with like a a, a bed sheet or a bedspread i know you don't wash your linens much but <laughs> but, but they get kind of wrapped up in that yeah and you true. fold it and you don't put it or with static cling it might stick to a towel and then you discover the sock like 6 years later so exactly that's what, what I was
2: thinking last night. I take my wash out. And I got an extra white sock. I thought I had an extra uh, black sock, which I now have. but hey, I found a matching pair for that. That sounds
0: that sounds like a good uh, uh, name for a hockey team. Black oh, no, socks, Black Hawks. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, we have top three things you need to know. Here's the top thing you don't need to know. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they they won the lot draft lottery and something called the NHL.
2: Yeah, they're going to get one, a generational-type player like Victor Wembanyama in basketball. They've got this guy, Berard, in hockey, who I've never heard of until yesterday. He's What's his to name? Berard is his last name. i got to get his first oh, name. Oh,
0: Gary. His name is Connor Bedard. Wow. Oh. It would behoove you <laughs> to follow sports once in a while. I know you're the hockey guru, so I, I apologize. But that's I supposed am. To be a big deal. I'm a guru and a guru. <laughs> All right, top three things you need to know. Lakers are hot. Knicks are not. I don't like either of those comments, but they are exactly (laughs) true.
2: Knicks are about to end their season. Hopefully they can win at home tomorrow. But the Lakers, think about that. They're going to probably play for the Western Conference final with the regular season they had. Who would have thunk
0: it, to quote Yogi Berra? Yeah, and it's amazing. Everybody's healthy. They've been healthy throughout these playoffs. Uh, Let's see. Good news and bad news for uh, our Major League Baseball Hawaiians.
2: Yeah, well, we, well, the good news is we have a fifth uh, Hawaiian in the major league. That is Rico Garcia, who has bounced around. He's been with the Giants and the Orioles. He is with the Oakland A's. Didn't play yesterday, but over the weekend got a couple of appearances in without letting up a run. For yesterday's action, Kirby Yates for Atlanta, they didn't play and also, uh, who else do we have? Josh Rojas, Arizona off. The two that did play, the New York Yankees with Isaiah kiner falefa gets a start at third base, 0 for 4, batting average, 191. Colton Wong, batting ninth for Seattle, did get the start, went 0 for 1. They only had four hits, Seattle did. He went 0 for 1, his batting average at 188.
0: Okay, so um, why isn't Josh Rojas playing? Boy, he started out. He started out unbelievably at the plate this year.
2: He did. I think they were off yesterday, so I think that would do Oh, okay. <laughs> okay.
0: That explains everything. Yeah. All right, it's tournament time. The HHSAA New City Nissan Boys Volleyball Tournament. The uh, HHSAA Title Guarantee Girls Water Polo Tournament going on in boys volleyball uh, games uh, today. Kamehameha uh, will play Roosevelt. That is at McKinley. Also, Moanalua. We'll play a home uh, – got a home court advantage. They're playing at home against Hilo today. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I lied. That's Thursday. Okay. I thought the finals were at
2: uh, the Cannon Activity Center for, just for the championship matches.
0: There's D2 or D1. I can't remember. But, the, okay. but on Thursday, it's going to be – according to Scoring Live, uh, Thursday, Moanalua – hosting Hilo and Kamehameha against Roosevelt. There's other games, too. Those are kind of some key matchups. That'd be a fun doubleheader to be at, uh, and I'm probably going to go to New Well, League different baseball, locations, though. Oh, okay. One's oh, at Moanalua, one's oh, okay. at McKinley. They're about, they're about, you know, I don't know, about eight miles apart. I've done that for basketball where I'll go
2: to a playoff game, because they always have them for basketball at McKinley and either Radford or Moanalua over the year. It's the first round, and I've done that, go to McKinley for the first game and either Radford or Moanalua for the second game.
0: Yeah. It's not that far away. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at, uh, yeah. Well, according to, oh no, according to this Saturday, the uh, championship games are all out at uh, BYU Hawaii. Okay. Why would why would you do that? Bigger, a re,
2: bigger gym, bigger capacity, I guess, larger capacity for more fans to attend. But obviously, a little further away than most people bigger, are. Uh,
0: what about can, the Stan Sheriff Center? Well, that's
2: what I mean. As far as high school gyms, as far as the ones they're playing in earlier in the week.
0: Right, but they've had they have high school uh, state tournaments at the uh, at uh, Stan Sheriff Center. I'm just saying, it's a beautiful place to go once you get there. So, I, you know, I don't know if there's say there's construction. Is there construction going on? Maybe there's one lane going in and out. I mean, that's a that's a Saturday, especially Saturday in the afternoon, trying to go out to the North Shore. I remember when Hawaii basketball
2: played in the North Shore Classic, and, you know, obviously we did the games, and Derek Lowe and I were talking. I went to the Saturday game for the uh, for that tournament, and it was, you know, you go out there, it's a long drive. The thing we both talked about a day or two later, the drive home is almost worse, because you went to a basketball game, you're settled, then it's fun, and all of a sudden you got that long drive home after as well. Not mm-hmm. like you're used to when you're in town,
0: that's for sure. I mean, if you're a student, you all pile into a bus, and, you, you know, depending if you win or lose, you're... You know, you're with your friends, and, you know, someone else is driving. Yeah. Take a nap if you want. Right. But uh, anyway. You can't really
2: take a nap when you're driving. That's not recommended.
0: No, it isn't. Uh, by the way, so you can catch the uh, uh, semifinals and finals of the Boys Volleyball uh, Championship on e, uh, Excuse me, on CBS 1500. All right. Where do we go next here? Where, do, where am I driving the show?
2: Well, I mean, I still think there's some NBA talk as far as these playoffs, and now we've got the conference championship starting next week. Uh, And the beginning of the season or the beginning of the playoffs, I'm not sure if the teams that are playing now were on on everybody's list as far as who would be the Final Four. I mean, you're going to have – but you don't have Milwaukee. That's one thing that I don't think Mm -hmm. anybody saw coming. Miami and the Knicks, nobody really thought for the most part, that they would be in this situation. And Miami's probably going to win this round. In the West, same thing with the Lakers. I, I find it interesting in a way, but I also want to talk about tonight's game. Won a tonight's game. That Denver-Phoenix series. Chris Paul will not play again tonight. And I know people are saying they're better without him. They're faster without him. Yeah. Maybe. I still think, again, he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think he slowed down that much. But nobody gave Phoenix a chance when they were down 2-0. Haven't we learned over the years as fans or media that when teams are up 2-0, the series are not necessarily over? And if you don't believe it, look at Sacramento and Golden State two weeks ago. Sacramento's up 2-0 at home, and we figured, oh, Golden State's done. Well, we know what happened. It happened in the NBA Finals a few years ago with Phoenix and Milwaukee. Phoenix was up 2-0. I think, uh, yeah, they were up 2-0 and lost that series. So these early leads, even though you have a big advantage being up 2-0 or even 3-1's different. because 3-1, you're just one away from elimination, obviously. But the 2-0 leads, I don't think necessarily guarantee a victory in these playoffs. But now we're a lot deeper in this round.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, your three-one. Um, the three. The series going three and one right now. Miami leads New York three to one. However, the next game's at New York. The Lakers lead Golden State three to one. However, the next game is in San Francisco.
2: Yes, and I believe the only time Golden State with this team, with this run, has lost a 3-1 lead was with LeBron James and no Draymond. was against LeBron James, excuse me, in 2016 when Draymond missed that critical game five because of the uh, suspension. But this team doesn't lose even when they're down 3-1. I believe this is the third time in this run they've been down 3-1, and they did lose that one. I, I, I don't know if they're going to win this series. I do hope so, but I think they will win on uh, Thursday. I'd be amazed if they lose that game at home. To see them go down 3-1, I think, is kind of surprising. Mm. And look at the, the difference. It's it's, just, it's easy to say, obvious, that 3-1 versus 2-2 is a major difference, but look at yesterday's game for Golden State. They yeah. were that close.
0: Yeah. I
2: mean, they had a lead of, I think, 98-96. I it think was they panicked. A couple of times the
0: they year. were that close, and they panicked,
2: right? one way. I, I think there was a little bit of panic, which is something you would not think yeah. could happen with this veteran team. But they, they had poor shot selection, uncharacteristic turnovers that you don't see from a Draymond Green or a Steph Curry the way they played. And uh, I, I am a little surprised. Again, on the other side, give the Lakers a lot of credit. A lot of people had written them off, myself included. And no, and you
0: said if they make the playoffs, watch out. They're going to make a run for it if they stay healthy. I, yeah, I think I'll they give they would. you that one thing. Okay, I
2: did think they would beat Memphis because a blind of the experience.
0: Squirrel,
2: I'm sorry. A clock, a, a broken clock is right twice <laughs> a day. I, I'm not. I am surprised that they are up three-one and probably going to win this series. But give them credit. I mean, I, and I was thinking about this last night, Chris. Not just you and I, but it seemed like everybody who covers, let's say the NBA as an example, all we do for the most part, well, mostly what we do is find the negative part of these players' games, their off-the-court activity. Instead of maybe praising what's really good in basketball and who's really good, we're critic we're criticizing Golden State, the panicking, poor shot selection, poor shooting and all that. but on the other side, give the Lakers credit. For what they've done with the rookie head coach making a lot of roster moves at the trade deadline and getting these guys acclimated and in sync, I mean, it says a lot about this team. Like them or not, you've got to give them a lot of credit for what they've accomplished. And kind of the same thing with Miami. We're putting down the Knicks because it's fun, but Eric Spolster, who we did give credit to last hour, has done an amazing job with this team that did not have a good season. But look where they are right now. It's not a fluke.
0: I would love, everyone else would hate this, I would love to see The Lakers and the Miami Heat in the NBA championship game. A couple of eight seeds. (laughs) Seven and eight. Oh, seven and eight. Okay. Wait, who's seven? The Lakers? Yes. Okay, Lakers are seven. A seven and eight seed. Because when you allow half the league to get into the playoffs, this is what happens. Well, you don't usually
2: get upsets, though. I mean, the Lakers won technically a it's not an upset. really an upset. It's the Lakers not as much, were a seven
0: seed because everyone was injured all year.
2: Yeah, that that's a big part of their reach. And it would be a rematch of the bubble championship, too. Oh,
0: that's right, huh?
2: Maybe with a different outcome this time, I hope. <laughs> I don't want LeBron to catch Jordan's you know, number of titles That's or even Kobe's. Why? I, I don't think he's as good as those two, even though he's oh, great. Gosh.
0: And I don't want to see him eclipse or even tie those guys you know from the lebron james from the joy he's brought basketball fans for the last 20 years i would uh, i would i would love to have him have another championship with another team that's got to be some kind of record except for uh, robert Ory, right i mean well, if, he's already won, won it with three champ- teams what's that he's already won it with three
2: teams miami cleveland and the lakers
0: oh yeah he already won one with the lakers that's right okay never mind and
2: robert Horry, robert Horry won one with houston Lakers and San Antonio. So yeah, he's won it with three teams. Big shot Bob. Did you see him
0: on TV on TNT last night? I
2: saw him in the studio, yes. Yeah. Good guy. We were playing the little game show thing. Yeah, I saw that briefly at the end of the of the show after the game last night.
0: You know what was you know what's cool about LeBron? You know what I like about LeBron James? And I don't think you see this. You wouldn't see this with like you know, back in uh, your day with Oscar Robertson or somebody like that, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron James. You know, you I remember you were telling me about George Mikan watching him live. <laughs> Who? But it, <laughs> but check this out. Only only LeBron I think could do this. So during the game, and, and a lot of people saw this if you're watching it on television, and uh, you you saw. Um, him take himself out of the game for a rest in the fourth well, quarter. He he
2: didn't take himself out because the play was a free
0: throw. He's like me, me he points to himself. Me. Oh, so Darwin Ham said, "Hey, come take a rest." So he comes, he goes off the court, and then he stand. He doesn't even sit down. He stands there for twenty seconds, and then he checks himself back in. <laughs> <laughs> that is really that is so tough. funny. The announcers are like, "Oh, big! You got a big rest there. Well, at least he stood still for a few seconds." Hey, but you know what? closing in on 40 years old that late in the game coach knows what's best for you right hey sit down mm-hmm. he's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna suck it up coach <laughs> but it's just he just wanders over to the table and just starts decides to Get into the game. And I what are you going to do if you're the coach?
2: Right, right. I didn't notice that was exactly how it played out last night until seeing it last night, but that is incredible. And, again, in those kind of games, look at Steph Curry. Steph Curry, as almost anybody would know, always takes those rests at the end, of, near the end of the first quarter, near the end of the third quarter, at the beginning yeah. of the following quarter. He was in action at the end of the third last night. And I don't know if he even rested in the fourth quarter, but the games are that important that you really can't afford to have these guys sit out. And I believe both Steph and LeBron played over 40 minutes last night this is not the time oh yeah to uh, curry had 42 minutes and lebron had
0: 43 43? minutes yeah, yeah he had 43 yeah it's it, it is it's a you know what let's close this out because you know what because lebron is thinking hey you know what next game is at home our next game is oh excuse me our next game is going to be on the road we need to go up three to one yeah because if you go two to two and they win the next game, all of a sudden they have home court advantage, right? Right.
2: And they would have even without because if it's 2-2, they have two of the three at home if it goes that far. So you're letting mm-hmm. them back in the series. You had to you had to, you had to, put them out of their misery, so to speak. And, you know, I like the fact that things change like that in the playoffs, but it's a smart move not to rest these guys, even though LeBron does need some rest. Again, we, we spent so much time, and again, myself included, putting him down for anything and everything. I don't think he deserves it. He deserves the credit for a lot of the great things that he's done. And I, I look at, you know, a lot of players like that. And I can, I'll use Stephen A. Smith again. You know, he's one of the guys, I, and I've said this before, where if, if you're not part of his group where he can call you anytime and be – buddies and friends. It seems like he puts these guys down, and I mentioned LeBron James. He spends a lot of time putting almost anybody and everybody down, which maybe is part of his role, I know, but again, I was thinking about this, that we should just be praising some of the great players in the NBA instead of always finding a reason why Milwaukee screwed up. Why, you know, Philadelphia played bad or Boston has struggled a couple of times. And instead of looking at the positive and the glass being half full, because there's some great, unbelievable basketball talent and players and games.
0: Who's he putting down?
2: Well, Stephen A. put down Julius Randle today, but he's put down LeBron. He's put down other players, and he's just one of them. Again, my point is that I think we all, not we all, but most of us spend a lot of time finding the negative in some of these superstars for whatever reason. And, again, well, I, I'm guilty of it as well, but I'd, I'd like to look at the positive and how great some of the action has been and some of the great performances by these players. But you
0: but you have to. Remember, they're, they're, they're searching for content. Whether they believe it or not, it, you, you have – there's a certain thing, and we used to have a local person who used to be on the radio always pointing out the negatives with the University of Hawaii, uh, different sports. And it was like, you know, the whole thing was, well – everybody's praising them so you know what everybody's praising the men's volleyball team well if you want to make yourself out to be smarter than everybody else you say no they're not that good and here's why they got lucky in the tournament and here's why and everyone goes oh yeah you're just you're just you're not kissing butt you're just you're 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 telling the truth that's what you're doing you're smarter than everyone else because you have a different take and then you kind of analyze their take and go, No, they're just trying to get uh they're trying to get attention, is what they're trying to get. And that's what these guys are doing. And you've heard of clickbait. Yes. I don't know what you call it on television. It's TV bait. Right. That's what that's what they're talking about. Nineteen minutes after with the sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Got some sports shorts and uh we'll take your texts as well. 808-296-1420. That's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> Oh, you might not be celebrating National Alphabet Magnet Day. <laughs> Perhaps National Lost Sock Memorial Day is not something that uh, you know piques your interest. But this will—it's National Tear the Tags Off the Mattress Day. Te- tear the ta- you see, you're not supposed to tear the, ma- the the tags off the mattress for some reason, or you'll go to jail. It's a federal offense. I don't know why.
2: You're not serious, are you?
0: No, I'm Chris and I'm serious about what I said. <laughs> You've never heard that. You got to go outside once in a while and talk to people. Why? But why would that be? I can't I can't believe in you're early, serious. In the early 1900s, shady mattress makers used to pack them with really gross stuff like horsehair, old rags, and garbage. <laughs> so the federal government started requiring them to list all the materials used to make the mattresses. Therefore, it was against the law to take off the mattress tag. You know what's
2: great about you? A lot of things. But you bring up the information for something like that that people wouldn't be aware. Of. Like, I was wondering if you were joking no, no. or what the reason would be. You got the facts. You got the info. Mattress Mac is probably behind some of this. Yeah.
0: I, I think that most people knew this. I doubt that. That bit what mattresses were stuffed with and that it was illegal to take the tags off? No, they knew it was illegal to take the tags off. That's always been a kind of a joke. It's why do why can't you tear the tag off? It doesn't make sense nowadays. I don't know if a lot of people were aware of that. Yeah, I think most people are. Tanner actually read a book
2: once in a while. Oh, he just saying that to make
0: Chris feel good. Yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. Hey, let's go to text eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Chris Hart, show some class. Oh, that was from last week. (laughs) That's almost every day. Uh says, uh, we're talking about uh, the, the dominance for ILH schools in volleyball. And uh, this person says, of course, private schools recruit, just like powerful OIA football schools recruit. <laughs> everybody's a recruiting, aren't they? Seems like that, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's nothing wrong with it if
2: everybody's doing it. Right? That's true. I mean, if, if if one league would have an advantage, you'd want it to be on an even level for everybody else, so it might as well, yes. Right.
0: I mean, you see that, you see that Pearl City bowling coach. He's down at Leeward Bowl or IA Bowl. He's, like, kind of lurking in the corner watching these, like, seventh graders going, oh, well, how'd you like to go to Pearl City? I've heard Kaiser bowling is on the rise.
2: Is it really? Oh, Castle, excuse me, Castle, Castle bowling. I know the coach very well. Oh, and and who Len, is this? Len, Len Ogata. Uh, hey, a, Len, how's it, brother? He actually is uh, my boss at Ruby Tuesday, and uh, he's the coach for uh, Castle High School. And his son is one of the best bowlers in the state. I believe they won the state championship last year. He told me, I believe.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. When did they do they have a bowling match coming up? Let's no, go big
2: signs. I. They said November is when they start up again. Ah, uh, can you remind us? We'll yeah, go well, down. I will. see, the school year is about over, so I don't think bowling is going to start up anytime soon. <laughs>
0: You gotta get out more often. Read a book, <laughs> uh, Craig. Thank you for the text. He says Punahou's dominance in volleyball, tennis, et cetera. The private schools uh, have players from the whole island, while the public schools not that much, with some exceptions. That's well, pretty accurate. Yeah. Oh, you put down an address where Auntie lives. <laughs> Sean, thank you for the text. He says Gary, you're dumb. You should be praising LeBron and his quest towards the GOAT and not hoping for him to lose. Why?
2: I want to hear an answer to why. Why should I, If I'm not a fan of his team. And you know what? I, I just praised him earlier that I think he's great and we should give him credit. I don't think he's Jordan or Kobe, but that's beside the point. I don't want to see him break those records, but I do praise him for how great he is, and I don't do it enough.
0: Mm. He's a great player, one of the greatest players of all time. Of course, of course. Top three. Mm, Here's the next text at 808-296-1420. Milwaukee has a number one seed that lost to a number eight seed in the first round of the playoffs. That is the definition of failure. Stephen was right to call out, he means Stephen A., call out Giannis on that one. But Giannis didn't play, and I believe what two
2: games or two and a half games of that series. So how can you call out Giannis when he, again injuries are part of the game? So you, don't, you know Miami doesn't have to apologize for winning, but it's a little different story when one of your main players, and in that case, their main player, the MVP player, is out. So I mean, you still give Miami the credit, but I don't think it's right to call out LeBron, uh, call out Giannis, or Mike Budenholzer for that loss necessarily. Now he had some questionable moves, but I think injuries do play a, a Play a factor, a key factor. Look at some of the other teams that have lost in these playoffs, and it happens every year like that.
0: Animals. Will the names for the UHAD search finalists be revealed next week? According to President Lastner, he will present a candidate to the uh, the 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 uh, what do you call them? What are the people? Board of Regents. Board of Regents. The Board of Regents meeting. Yeah. So we know that. I mean, he's got to have a name by now. The meeting is next week. Next week we will have a new athletic director for the University of Hawaii. So will the names of the finalists be revealed? No. No. Can you find out somehow? I'm sure. You'll hear I'm rumors sure.
2: and talk. and I, I mean, I understand why they don't, but out of curiosity, I'd love to find out who's number two
0: and three on that list. Yeah. Here's the best text this morning. I saved it for last. It starts with, I agree with Chris. <laughs> Would love to see the Lakers heat. Playoff basketball is definitely different from regular season basketball. He's got a point there, doesn't he? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Let's see. Spolstra and LeBron are two of the best when it comes to playoff basketball.
2: You can't argue that, but let's separate them. LeBron, yeah, with everything he's accomplished with different teams. Again, I don't like the fact that he's jumped around so much, but – that doesn't matter to a lot of people, it doesn't matter to him, and they've won, so I'll give them all that credit, sure. Eric Spoelstra, again, he's done so much from where he came to be where he has, but let's also look at it this way. How, how many championships has he won? I mean, if we're basing it on one of the best ever to play off basketball, how many how many championships, how many finals have they been in? They've been in two finals, and I believe, uh, I guess he won two championships with LeBron and Wade and Bosch. It was
0: still really great accomplishment, sure. Here's an even better text. It's from Sean again. Yeah, he says, "Gary, you're stupid. You were." <laughs> I just added that part in for flavor. He says, "You were just standing on your soapbox and talking about people like Stephen A. finding flaws and not praising enough." <gasps>
2: And when I said that, I also Ruh-ro. said at the same time, Sean Ruh-ro. and Christopher, Jeffrey, that I was—I I think we should praise him. I was just saying that we don't praise him enough or other athletes. We're always looking at the negative, and I'm guilty of it. But, I, again, I think what he has done is, I mean, you know, comparing him with Michael Jordan or Kobe, which isn't fair and there's no wrong answer there, but as far as saying is he one of the greats of all time, there's no even debate on that. If anybody doesn't think he's one of the top whatever players of history well then they're mistaken i have to give them that acknowledgement because that'd be stupid not to uh,
0: it's 731 with the sports animals here on espn honolulu uh oh go ahead
2: well we had an earlier text i just wanted to get oh, uh, to, from earlier today a few of them from the same texter hey chris and gary do you think jack nicholson will appear again at laker games during the playoff was there last night Oh, he was. I, I, I don't know if they singled him out in one of those close ups at the end of a quarter or something, but I did see him sitting there right in back of Steve Kerr a few times. And he did just, you know, he's a little older and not in the best health from what I've understood over the last Oh, but year he made it two. to
0: the game. But he's not yeah. courtside, though. No, he is.
2: Yeah, he was right in back of Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr's walking along this, you know, this court, and he's sitting oh. right next to the uh, Golden oh, State. Oh, so bench. he's
0: by the Kardashians. No, no,
2: they were by the Lakers bench. He was, um, or Kim was the other day. She, he was by the, he's always by the visitors bench. It's a few seats away from the visitor's I bench.
0: Hope can he, I hope, and I'm not being silly, I hope if something happens he can move out of the way fast enough. Or maybe yeah. he's with somebody that could. I'm, I believe I'm he was guessing. with his
2: son last night um, just oh, by cool. looking at him. Uh, the other text says, oh, who is the Japanese national player that's on the Lakers? Uh, that's Hachimura, Rui Hachimura out of Gonzaga. He's done a pretty good job for them coming over in that trade.
0: The and Japanese that, what?
2: Uh, he The texter said the Japanese national player that's on the Lakers. He's from Japan?
0: Yeah. I mean, I know his last name is Hachimura, but I didn't know he was from Japan. Wow.
2: Yes, yes, yes.
0: That's quite an accomplishment. I don't know how long he spent there, but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, there's one thing of being of Japanese descent, but you're saying he's from Japan. Uh, let me back up. From just the to make country it, of Japan.
2: I, I know he's Japanese descent, and I believe he lived there at some uh, early on. I don't know for how long or whatever, but I'll have to double-check on that. But he's a Japanese player that the text is referring to. The third text says the Suns and Nuggets today is game five, and wondering what we folks think or our opinions on who will win. I think Denver will win there at home. I think the home team's going to win every game in the series, although I am pulling for Phoenix. Yeah. Mm. You, Chris? You said you well, folks. You're one of the what folks. Was,
0: what was the. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. What was the Denver, question again? For Denver Phoenix, what do you think about the game five tonight? I think uh, the Joker is going to be fired up because he didn't get suspended for pushing the punk owner of the Suns. And he's going to come out and show them what's what.
2: He did the other day. He had 53 points and 11 assists, which kind of got forgotten about with everything else. But then Durant and Booker had 36 each. Uh, I, I, I think it'll, I'm think i hoping these games are close, like the Laker game yesterday. It was great that these games are close. And the ones in Phoenix were fairly close. But look at the first two games in Denver. Denver lost by 10-plus in both of those games, and Durant and Booker went off. And still they lost by 10-plus,
0: double figures. Yeah, thank you for the text, guys. By the way, Rui, uh, Rui Hachimura, born and raised in Japan. Okay. Yeah, born and raised there. Uh, He's, you know, went to high school there. He's played for the Japan national team. He signed a national letter of intent in 2015 to play for the Bulldogs of uh, Gonzaga, uh, University of Gonzaga or Gonzaga University, whatever they're called. But, yeah, wow, born and raised in Japan, playing in the NBA. And really, I mean, this far away, let it be known that my fingers are one inch apart, this far away from being a, A starter and a star. Perhaps if he was on another team, he'd actually see more action than he is right now.
2: Well, he did with the Wizards. He was mostly a starter with them before he got traded. And he was great in college, and he's doing a good job. The other Japanese-born player, uh, I think it was the first, Utah Watanabe, who is now with the Brooklyn Nets out of George Washington.
0: Right, but he's he's no Ruri Hachimura.
2: No, no, he's not. I mean, he did lead the league in three-point shooting for the first two months of the season off the bench, but that fell down pretty
0: quickly. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's 7.35 with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, Vita Blue, we reported yesterday, passed away another sad day. Uh, former Minnesota Vikings quarterback Joe Cap, uh died at 85 years old, 15 years. He'd been battling dementia. But wow. uh, there's some really cool facts that a lot of folks probably don't know about Joe Cap. Hey, kids, Google the name. We'll get into that next on ESPN Honolulu. I was mentioning the, um, hey, our friend Joe Crockett's going to join us from Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack in a few minutes. They still got that Warrior Platter Challenge going on. I want to find out how that's going. Uh, but former Vikings quarterback Joe Capp has uh, passed away at 85 years old. It was confirmed by his son J.J. Uh, after a uh, long 15-year battle with dementia. Joe Capp played football at Cal. He entered the draft in 1959. Get this. He was selected in the 18th round. That's like a Jesse Sapolo. <laughs> Wasn't Jesse Sapolo like in the 16th round or something? Something like that, yeah. They was selected in the 18th round by uh, Washington. Instead, he's like, nah, I'll go to the CFL. How often does that happen? Now, the very first Heisman Trophy winner, I think his name was Jay Berwanger, was uh, drafted in the NFL, and back then it was like you know whatever year it was. It's it was college football was cool and, and and glamorous. Pro football was more seedy back in the day. So he got drafted first overall by somebody in the NFL, and then he's like, "Nah, that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, be a lawyer or something like that." I'm gonna be, <laughs> he went he declined to play. Things pro have football. changed. Oh, they certainly have. Ask Patrick Mahomes. So anyway. In 1964, he won a Grey Cup with the B.C. Lions. And then later, he uh, uh, joined the NFL, and he joined Minnesota after Fran Tarkenton. Now, that Fran Tarkenton, remember. remember, had two stints with the Vikings. He was Vikings, Giants, Vikings. So um, their first-year head coach uh, was a, a young man, uh, a former Minneapolis Lakers coach, basketball coach a young man named bud grant well they uh bud grant's like uh you know he's like chris mclaughlin he can coach anything right he's like yeah i'm gonna go coach football now they're like okay um in his third year with the vikings they won the nfl championship so that was before the league merged and then they lost to the chiefs len dawson who by the way was also drafted in 1959 by the pittsburgh steelers oh chris you know so much yeah i do now during the '69 season, this is 1969, right? That's where they won the 70. ball a lot. Yeah. So during the '69 season, he threw seven touchdown passes in one game. Wow. That's like Nick Rolovich. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's shared by, um it's shared by it's a record that tied it's tied with Nick Foles, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning. Those four are the only guys, seven touchdowns in one game. I remember when Nick Foles did it. I believe he did it against the Raiders. Yeah. Now he I was, remember it. He was a, a little ahead of his time because he was a strong proponent of players' rights. He sued the NFL, arguing that the standard NFL contract violates, uh, violates antitrust laws. Now, his lawsuit eventually led to major changes in the way the NFL did business with players that they're enjoying today. So today's players have Joe Cap to thank for a lot of the uh, great things that they're getting uh, in their contracts. Now, later he became an actor. He was in a bunch of TV shows and movies. They said he's best known for playing the walking boss in The Longest Yard, the original one with Burt Reynolds. Oh. See, what's a, you were in prison. What's a walking <laughs> boss? I don't know. The walking boss. That's the boss that walks amongst the the inmates, I guess?
2: That sounds like it could be. Oh, don't make like you don't know. (laughs) Come on. I was in solitary, so I don't know. Uh... In
0: 1982, they hired him as the head coach at Cal. Does this sound familiar? He got hired as a football coach with absolutely no coaching experience. But he played the sport. In his first year. He was the Pac-10 Coach of the Year. What an amazing life this guy has had. Remember The Play with Stanford, where uh, whoever it was went crashing into the band in the the end zone?
2: Yeah, the famous band play, yeah.
0: No, it's not the band play. It's called The Play. Is it called The Play? Yes, it's called The Play, and uh, he was the coach at Cal when The Play happened. Now, he coached uh, through the '86 season for Cal. And he last coached in nineteen ninety two, leading the Sacramento attack of the arena football game. Anyway, I, condolences. Uh what a great life. Joe Cap.
2: I remember him playing in the NFL. I am that old for that. And I do remember him coaching. I, I my uh, I guess my sister in law's brother, he played the offensive line for Joe Cap, and I remember the first time I met him, that's kinda of all I was asking about because I or knew about Joe Cap. He didn't know as much because there was no internet and stuff back then. But he, I just remember him praising Joe Cap. Great coach, great everything, great person, great mentor, uh, wow. just great to be around and everything. So I was always a fan of Joe Cap for various reasons, I guess.
0: I don't remember Joe Cap playing, but I remember seeing pictures and you just Google, Google image Joe Cap. And you'll see that most of the players, he's on his knee with his face bloodied. Those face masks didn't cover much back then. Yeah, that sounds familiar, but
2: you're right. Yeah, but yeah, he, he was. A lot of people probably haven't either heard of him or didn't know that he was a player. Right. Maybe remember him a little bit from the coaching, but yeah, great yeah. career. I'm just yeah, sad to see yeah. that news earlier today.
4: Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, hey, uh, uh, Joe Crockett, uh, he's the general manager of uh, Dixie Grill, IAEA, and Crab Shack. He's going to join us next. we got a lot of sports shorts to go over, too, on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hope you're having a great morning on this national tear the tags off the mattress day. Be a rebel. Chris Hart and Gary Dickman here and our good friend Joe Crockett on the radio with us as well from Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. And uh, we've talked about in the past, Joe, the Warrior Platter Challenge. How is that going?
1: Well, aloha good morning, guys. Always a pleasure. The uh, Warrior Platter Challenge is going well, but uh, would love a lot more people to come out and uh, take the challenge so we can make a bigger donation to the Special Operations Warrior Foundation.
0: The Special Operation Warrior Special Ops Warrior Foundation is a great program. Check out their website. For folks that don't know, or are just tuning in, or maybe they missed it earlier, tell us what is on this huge platter of food, and how this whole challenge works, Joe. Uh,
1: so the Warrior Platter—it's a—it's uh, a big old tray. It's got a pound of pork, a pound of brisket, got an eight-ounce Andouille sausage. Got an 8-ounce bowl of coleslaw, 8-ounce bowl of baked beans, and about a pound of fries. And if they eat it in 30 minutes or oh, less, it's And free. the Big Ed Burger <laughs> on top of that. That is correct. Our, our in-house made burger, uh, cheeseburger with brisket. So if they finish all of that in 30 minutes, they get it for free, and we make a donation to the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Now, don't what if they finish don't it, finish? We still make a donation.
0: Ah, uh, you see? That's great. It's a win-win for everybody. Now, had folks come in, and, and I've, I thought, you know, I, I don't know if this is bad to say. I said, you know what? It's, it's hard to do. We, we lined up about six University of Hawaii football players, and they tried to take the Warrior
1: Challenge, and they couldn't do it. But has anyone done it yet, Joe? Uh, No, we've had a couple people come in and try, but uh, everybody's tapped out about 19 minutes into it. (laughs) But but we do have people that come in and order it that don't want to do the challenge, which is perfectly fine. And if you want to come in and just order the Warrior Platter for you and your family or your friends, we will still make a donation to the Special Operations Warrior Foundation.
0: All right, very good. Dixie Grill, Barbecue, and Crab Shack. Uh, in uh, I A, of course, you know as you're coming down Cam Highway heading to Pearl Ridge, it's on the right side right before, uh, what's that shoe store, Banana something? Uh, right, before, right, right before <laughs> my good friends at Aulani's Garage, you turn right. <laughs> now, if you're coming from the other side of the island, you got to take Moanalua Road and then turn right when you get to the um, uh, the elementary school over there. But anyway... All right, very good. Anything else you want to let the folks know about this this great Warrior
1: Platter Challenge? Because it's not going to be around forever, is it? No, it's a limited time. Uh, we think we're going to run it through Memorial Day, so we got a couple more weeks. But just, uh, you know, come on down to the Dixie Grill. This thing's about $79. It'll feed a family. And like I said, whether you take the challenge or not, we will make a donation to the Special Operations Warrior Foundation.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny? I remember when we were there with the UH football players doing it, They were like, after a while, they were like, they didn't want to take, they were just enjoying the brisket. Who was it? One (laughs) of the defensive linemen. He was just like, he's taking his time. He's like, oh, I just really like the brisket. And then somebody else, (laughs) and then they were like, oh, we really like the burger. Anyway, like Joe said, there's something for everybody, and it's, it's all for a great cause. So, hey, you know what? Put some south in your mouth. Head on over to Dixie Grill. Ah, uh, barbecue and crab shack. Thank you, Joe. We'll talk. So- oh, you know what? We'll talk later this week to remind people again. Okay. I
1: appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great day.
0: All right. Thank you. Hey, that's a good man right there, man. Joe Crockett. When you go to the Dixie Grill, he's the guy that's about six seven, and his beard is about five feet long. <laughs> you'll you'll see him. You go. Oh, that's Joe Crockett. Go up and say, "Hey, Joe. I heard you on the radio. I got some bad news. Since we're talking about food for a second, yeah, I got some bad news uh oh, did you know there's a tomato shortage?
2: No, in I was California. Oh, uh, we don't care about the mainland. Of course, don't you always say that.
0: It's where we get our. It's where we get our. Uh, it's where we get our tomatoes. From. We don't grow. Well, we have local tomatoes. Well, we have them, but it's not. I don't think it's enough. I could be wrong. So don't uh, text in angry thoughts. It's going to be harder to find tomatoes and stuff from tomatoes, like pizza sauce. Oh, and ketchup ketchup. You know if you go to Trader Joe's, they got this ketchup powder. Our, our Auntie Val got us some ketchup powder from the mainland. I haven't tried it yet, but just wow. you wanted to know. I did. Anyway, uh, lots of flooding in California, so the tomato fields are too soggy to grow anything. That's the uh that's the problem. Uh they're also expecting a shortage of lettuce uh by July. Well, forget about of- a BLT. <laughs> a br- a- a lack of Brussels sprouts, isn't that good news? That part I don't mind at all. Yeah, that doesn't affect me. <laughs> oh, anyway, shortage of lettuce. How much is a salad going to cost you now? Crazy. Yeah, I thought I thought most of the shortages were slowly going away from when COVID took oh, when COVID. Well, started. well, no, but it's the it's the it's the flooding. It's the you know you it, right. either in California they're, they're either underwater, they're on fire, they've got earthquakes, right. uh, everything's going on. Yeah. Anyway, that's all you got. That's All I got. Oh, I, I mean, when you I said an hour and fifty-four minutes worth of content
2: today. <laughs> I, more sad news. You mentioned Joe Cap a little while ago, but Denny Crum also passed away today at 86, I believe. The former Louisville head coach uh, in the Hall of Fame, won a national championship or two uh, with Louisville. Always had the the like the program or oh, there's notes rolled up. And he always always carried it around with him the entire game. But a really great coach for Louisville over the years. He will be. I best.
0: see. I see here. He played college basketball under John Wooden at yeah, UCLA. Yeah, played at UCLA.
2: Right, right. Wow. And I believe he coached. I think he coached there a little bit as an assistant, if I'm not mistaken, before getting Louisville. I believe. But yeah, I mean, he's a lot hasn't coached in 20 years at least. Uh, but oh, one of the greats of all time. That's when Louisville was always on top. Always his a final n- four team.
0: His nickname was Cool Hand Luke. Wow, I don't remember that, but
2: that kind of defines him, I believe. He always had the same expression; never really right. seemed to get too animated like some head right. coaches
0: do. It was like Tom Landry for the Cowboys back in the day, right? Yeah,
2: pro- yeah, that's a good good comparison, I guess. Yeah, hold yeah. it all in, but yeah, that was kind of sad news to see
0: that as well. All right, uh, Cool Hand Luke. I saw that movie for the first time uh, a couple of months ago. Pretty good. For the first time? while well, it's been out yeah. for, like, ever. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, before we uh, – coming up, uh, three things you need to know heading on into work or, uh, you know, as you start your day here. want to let you know that Hawaii's premier source for top-quality seat covers – you know I'm talking about wet okole. There is no other. they got their 35th anniversary mega sale going on right now. Huge discounts on uh, seat covers, on uh, their in-stock and pre-ordered custom seat covers you can call them at 531-9778 or better yet just head on over to wet okole on dillingham boulevard more with the animals coming up next on espn honolulu Good morning. It's Chris and Gary's supersonic radio show on ESPN Honolulu. I have no idea what that means. It just sounds kind of cool to say. Yeah, well, top three things on uh, on your way in this morning. Uh, Tanner Hayworth has the NBA's def- all-defensive team just out. Tanner, come in. So for the Kia NBA all-defensive first team, included is yeah, Drew Holiday, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brooke Lopez, Evan Mobley and Alex Caruso, all defensive first team. Wow. How about that, Gary?
2: Interesting. I mean, Brooke Lopez was a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. He was never known throughout his career as a defensive guy, and lately he has been. I mean, I know his numbers are good, but I'm glad for him because, again, that wasn't how he started his career. Jaron Jackson wins the awards, That's just to say, Caruso, I wasn't aware that he was considered that good of a defender. I know when I saw the Bulls this year, he was out. He missed a whole bunch of games near the end of the season, I know, but good for those guys. Yeah, no Rudy right Gobert, on. Oh, no Draymond
0: who's... Green. Well, who's on the second team, Tan-Tan? Well, all second team there, Draymond Green is there alongside Derek White, Bam Adebayo, O.G. Ananobi, and Dylan Brooks. <laughs> the unemployed, or yeah, I guess he's unemployed or soon to be unemployed, Dylan Brooks. Second teamer. Maybe, maybe he was too busy scowling he couldn't make it on the uh, first team. Who knows?
2: He'll get picked up, though, uh, even though he's got a little bit of baggage, but he is known as a decent defender. So that's not too All right. shocking. All right
0: in the ma- uh, in Major League Baseball uh, with our MLB Hawaiians we got good news and bad news. The good news first.
2: I guess the good news is that we have a fifth addition to that group and it is Rico Garcia Rico Suave from uh, HPU. He is now with the Oakland Athletics. He was with Baltimore most recently and before that the San Francisco Giants didn't play yesterday but over the weekend got a couple of appearances in and did not let up a run. so that's the good news.
0: Okay, uh, bad news. Well,
2: it's disappointing news that two of our players did play yesterday, but neither got a hit. Colton Wong for Seattle, 0 for 1 for Seattle batting in the night spot, 188 average on the season. Isaiah Kinda of Falefa, he went 0 for 4 for the New York Yankees, hitting 191. Uh, I got to correct myself from earlier. Josh Rojas didn't play yesterday. Arizona though did. He was just given the day off of the Diamondbacks.
0: Oh, okay, so he's not hes not struggling, he's just resting.
2: Yeah, they give him a day off. I mean, that doesn't happen too often, where Colton Wong has, has gotten benched a few times in the last two weeks, but Josh Rojas just getting a day off.
0: Right, but with Colton Wong, wasn't he batting not too long ago Oh, ninety-five.
2: 95 Yeah, yeah, so his batting average has gone up, just like Falefa as well, still though it's below 200, and right.
0: he, he has struggled uh, a little bit, to say the least, at the plate. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, what else is going on? Hey, it's a uh, state championship uh, week again for. Girls water polo and boys volleyball. Yeah, the boys volleyball I'm really excited
2: about. When I'm following these teams and Kamehameha with Kainoa Wade has had unbelievable numbers with the amount of kills all season, only a sophomore. And then Moanalua, if you want to get a preview of some future University of Hawaii men's players, three of the recruits are on Moana Lua. So if, if, uh, if it goes according to Chalk, it would be Kamehameha
0: and Moana Lua in the championship this weekend. Wow, that would be I. You know, I'm, I'm not. You know, I, I'm rooting for anybody who deserves to be there. You know, but I. You know, I think there would be particular interest because with those two teams playing, you have a total of four University of Hawaii Warrior volleyball recruits, right?
2: Yeah, that's saying a lot right there. And it just I mean the way those teams have played this season, that would be the matchup I think a lot of people are looking for. Except if you're a fan or a player on the other teams
0: that we mentioned. Right. You know, Punahou might have something to say in all of this, too. I mean, uh, they've beaten Kamehameha a couple of times this year. Right, but right. Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens, and we'll have the action for you here, the semifinals and finals on our sister station, CBS 1500. Uh, we're taking texts and calls at 808-296-1420. What originally uh, I thought the NFL schedule was going to be released tomorrow, I think originally that was the plan, now it's going to be released tomorrow night. So which means tomorrow afternoon here. Thursday it's coming out, though. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Thursday. I'm sorry. Yeah. Originally, I thought it was tomorrow, but they had to hold off for whatever reason. I wonder if it was something to do with a stadium availability on Europe or Spain or something. I I wonder. I, I don't know why. They couldn't finish this when they originally wanted to. They said
2: also uh, over the weekend that it might even be pushed back from Thursday. Now, that's not going to happen now, but a couple of days ago there was talk that it might even get pushed back uh, for whatever the reasons are. I do know, and again, some of these things leak out. Buffalo is playing in London. I saw that earlier today. And on on Christmas – It'll be NBC, uh, excuse me, ESPN with the third game, not NBC, which usually had that late night game. So we got a triple header on Christmas coming up. Some of the things have leaked uh-huh. out, and some of the games specifically will leak out. Even though we know the opponents, the days and times will be coming out in a little bit.
0: Yeah, and you want to see where your buys are and uh, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Am I going to play in Green Bay? later on in the year do we get it early when the weather's green bay or soldier field in chicago that's the kind of thing you look at actually nobody really fears green bay anymore <laughs> so Not it's like it year. doesn't really matter doesn't really matter when we're going to green bay the uh anyway so um they uh they are going to have the full schedule it'll be officially released at 8 p.m eastern so that would be two o'clock right before the uh, bench warmers come on the air
2: and it will the bench warmer It will be on CBS. We are having that show on CBS fifteen hundred. The schedule release.
0: Yeah, I, I think we are. Because originally it was on Wednesday, so we'll see.
2: Oh, okay.
0: But you know they'll be they'll be covering it a lot on uh, on ESPN Honolulu as well. Off the bench, Hunter Hughes and Josh Pacheco. The show I was referring to.
1: There but is anyway. One of the things a
2: lot of people are, I mean, again, different games, different dates that you look at, but the opening night, Thursday night opener. We know the Super Bowl champ always opens up on Thursday. Speculation is, again, just speculation that for Kansas City, they could get Cincinnati in that Thursday night opener. They're on their schedule. So Cincinnati would be one the other speculation when they have that Monday night opening doubleheader that it could be Jets and Giants for maybe one big reason, and that's Aaron Rodgers.
0: Wow, I'd would love to see the the Bengals and and the Chiefs. you we're talking about these all these quarterbacks now, right? Lamar Jackson just got his deal. Do you remember off the top of your head what his deal was? I can't remember. Well, it was 5 or years Tanner, 250 5 years 250 million, wasn't it? I don't remember. But so $50 million a year. So Tua Tonga-Vailoa has not signed an extension yet. And it, you know, this is really last year they said it was a prove it year. That was to prove that he belongs on the team. I think he's kind of proven that. But this year, it's a, hey, you want that contract extension? Tua's got to do it this year. I saw this, that only 12
2: players in the NFL currently had their fifth-year options picked up. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, according to this, did get it picked up for the fifth year at twenty-three point yeah. one million, but right. not the second contract. yet. Joe Burrow, uh, had it picked up for twenty-nine point five as a comparison. Justin Herbert, twenty-nine point five. Uh, those are the only quarterbacks on that list. Those three,
0: right? But so what I was going to get at is that Tua, you're you're you, you want to renew now if you're the team so that you don't pay more later, but yeah. you can't do it with Tua because you have to make sure that he can be healthy. Justin Herbert, I think you have to make sure that he can play as good as he did his rookie year, because he hasn't. Part of that, I think, is a little bit of the coaching. I think he needs a better coach in uh, in L.A. And then with and the, what I was going to bring up about the Cincinnati Bengals is, if you're the Bengals, you better sign Joe Burrow, like, in the next couple of months. Give him that extension already. What are you waiting for?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure what they're waiting for. I haven't heard anything about either side not wanting the other, I'm sure that'll be happening in at some point. By the way, when you mention L.A., uh, they do have Kellen Moore now as their offensive coordinator for Justin Herbert. We'll see if that makes any differences for him or them. But yeah, you're right about the first couple of years. He had all that potential and kind of reached it. At least they made the playoffs last year. They lose to Jacksonville. But it's interesting that Burrow and Herbert, and we understand why, I guess, they both get 29.5. Two only gets 23 only. Twenty-three point one million, but uh, second contract. Hopefully, again, and we understand with Tua, it makes sense for Miami. You, I mean, even though they, they, you know, you you would think they'd want him when healthy. There's just too many question marks today as far as giving him a long-term deal for that second contract.
0: Tua's fifth year is is um, is twenty-three million. Twenty-three point one million. Yes, they picked up the option. I just play one more year and just go. Ah, okay, pal. I mean,
2: yeah, that's I'm good. Not bad money. Some of the other players that had it picked up some names that you would know, uh, Tristan Wirfs, uh, the offensive lineman, 18.2. Jerry Judy, 12.9. C.D. Lamb, 17.9. Justin Jefferson, 19.7. He's a guy who's going to get DeAndre Hopkins or even better Cooper Cup types of money when he gets his next contract, though. Uh, he has just been fantastic. So, Brandon Ayuk, by comparison, 14.1. Justin Jefferson is worth $5 million a year more. Ayuk's uh, good. Justin Jefferson is about as good as it gets. Uh, there's a Derek, there's Derek Brown on there, Jedrick Wills at uh, 14.1, and Andrew Thomas. See, that's one I kind of puzzles me in a way. Andrew Thomas is the old lineman, left tackle, out of Georgia a few years ago, got drafted really high by the New York Giants, and his first two years, I believe, was considered almost a flop, a failure. And maybe his work ethic was questioned. This past year, though, they said he really picked it up. I wonder if that had anything to do with his option maybe getting picked up or not. It did get picked up for 14.1. And, you know, those kind of players are at a premium. If you can get a good one, you want to sign them long term. Uh, But 14.1, I'm not sure if they would have given that to him a year ago. Like Makai Becton as an example. They didn't pick up his option. Kind of similar with Tua in a way. The injuries. You you can't you can't count on Makai Becton even worse than two as far as the amount of games he has missed in the last two years. I believe he's played in one in the last two years. You, it's not he's played in one game. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's, it's the right move for the Jets to not give him that option. Rich Semini, the Jets reporter in the 6 o'clock hour, said, Robert Sala said, Robert Sala said about Makai Becton, we're going to play the best offensive lineman. You want to be one of those guys, show it. He has to show it health-wise and on the field-wise, and he hasn't yet.
0: Yeah. Uh, Charlie Wade's going to join us in a few minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. but um, And that's why he came back maybe and he lost a lot of weight. Maybe the injuries are due. To a weight problem, and so, yeah. I mean, at least you, you got to commend the guy for being serious about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, at least that. I mean, from 400 pounds what I think
0: 340 we heard, that's still pretty big. Uh,
2: 400 mm. sounds like, I don't care how well, he, tall he, he is, he's, he's overweight.
0: He's like 6'8", he's got a huge frame. I don't know that 340 is, I mean, you have to be, you have to be overweight. But not 400. But I mean, to be, an, offen- but, right, to be off in an offensive lineman, you have to be quote-unquote overweight.
2: Do you remember at all and I'm putting you on the spot who maybe is the heaviest offensive
0: lineman I'm never on the spot because I don't care if I'm right or wrong. That we know.
2: That no debate about that. Okay, but ask you- me again. Do you know which maybe offensive lineman has weighed the most over the years? I mean, I know like the refrigerator was on defense been weighed a lot, but you know William Perry. But I, I don't know who the mo- one of the more heavier you know offensive linemen are or refrigerator
0: were. Perry is nothing compared to some of these linemen nowadays. Pro- yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, yeah, not probably right. That's well, that's bonafide right. Bonafide. I don't know who the yeah. biggest. I don't know who the biggest offensive line. You know what? What about uh, the guy in the Eagles? What's the guy's name? Tanner, uh, Milada, what's his name? Oh God, yeah, Jordan Milada. That guy is huge. I yeah. mean, that's that's yeah, that's Man Mountain Mike. If this was the WWE,
3: I was
2: gonna well. say Madman Mike, but uh, another another era. But four hundred pounds is way. I, mean, I don't think there's ever been an offensive lineman starting in the NFL that's been four hundred pounds, right? Well, I don't know. Why are you asking me that?
0: Because you always tell me you know more about football
2: than anybody else on radio. No, in the Tanner
0: knows more than football. Tanner says Daniel Faalele. I wonder if he's related to my friend Colin Kaalele. No, sorry, different uh, one's Hawaiian. Uh Daniel Faalele, uh for the Ravens, six nine three eighty. Oh boy. Can you imagine if that guy played basketball? Uh, Anthony Davis, you're like a rag doll trying to, you know, defend him in the paint.
2: How you try? How do you able to block this guy?
0: Well, no, he's an offensive lineman. Right?
2: I know, but you but still, if you're a D lineman trying to go up against him, well, not. I mean, how do you avoid? Well, the him defensive
0: linemen don't block. People.
2: You know what I mean? How are you going to No, I don't this know guy? what you mean. Use well, your you words. Do, you very rarely know what I mean, and that's been a problem. By the way, our <laughs> anniversary is coming up soon.
0: How long have we been married?
2: Uh, it was May 31st. 20? May thirty first, I believe it was either oh, I got to double check oh five or 6 so we're going in like 17, 18 years. That's, and we were
0: good about twelve years ago. We were really good, this as was a David good Radio Show, as
2: David Letterman said on his last night about, I've been on the air for thirty three years, and about eighty shows were pretty good out of those eight
0: thousand or whatever. <laughs> All right, uh, Charlie Wade's going to join us next. If you want to text, uh, you want to text anything for Charlie to hear. Uh, do it now at 808-296-1420. He's coming up next and then we'll go uh get some of your texts again too on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, check it out. Uh you know, if maybe it's too late today already, maybe you had breakfast already, but they got a special at the Pagoda restaurant which is now in the hotel at the international ballroom. So, the other with well, the old pagoda is like uh, um is it Korean? I ate there and I can't remember what it was. Anyway, it's a uh, another restaurant. But the Pagoda restaurant is now in the International Ballroom, and they've got a $7.50 special for breakfast. All you have to do is, uh, I believe they have a newspaper coupon, or you can uh, mention ESPN Honolulu, and you get the special $7.50 price. And with that, you can choose from uh, two eggs, Portuguese sausage, rice or toast, or they got pancakes and waffles and Sweet bread, French toast, and omelets and things like that, too. Uh, check out PagodaHawaii.com for the menu. But uh, breakfast at Pagoda, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., or weekends until 12 noon. Again, check out the menu, PagodaHawaii.com, and enjoy. Starting where the left me, I love while many people here in Hawaii are talking about the uh, the non-ban of aquarium fishing and <laughs> politicians, we're celebrating Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. Charlie Wade joins us now on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning, Coach.
4: Give me a second. Hold on. Here. How we doing? Good morning. All right. All right. Welcome back. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. How we doing? Good. We're doing great. How are you doing? fantastic thank you right on
0: right on
2: charlie can you describe first of all i guess the emotions after the match on saturday i know it was not the finish anybody wanted and we were talking about this last day too and watching or reading on social media a lot of fans even though it was a loss like that on saturday but still realizing what your team has accomplished and maybe it didn't hurt as maybe some other
4: playoff or tournament losses yeah i think that's accurate i think it's accurate for all of us you know um to look what this group has accomplished, you know, playing in four finals. And we've, you know, the big West has, you know, been the best league in existence and we've won, you know, literally a part of the title here for, you know, four or five years in a row. And, um and just, it's never right when, uh to have one match kind of define a, a team or a, a group's body of work right mm, like these guys yeah. have worked so hard and done so well in so many areas that you know being disappointed in the outcome of one match at the, at the end against a really talented team who was playing at a really high level uh i think would be um wrong and a disservice to the, to all the efforts these guys put in so while disappointed that we weren't able to win three in a row um uh certainly proud of uh The guys and all the effort they put into it. And the fight they put up uh, in the final match, even when we weren't playing our best, uh, they were still battling all the way to the end.
0: You see what Charlie, not a lot of people know what Charlie was doing right there, how his voice raised up a little bit. He was waving off the dog in the back. (laughs) The dogs,
4: the, the big ones uh, saying good morning to somebody walking by right now.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not sure if you heard about this, but you know, I was watching and listening on radio, but on TV during the, at the end of the second set, the announcers said that was the best set of volleyball they have seen in over 10 years. That was just incredible. The way you guys came back from down 1913. And UCLA, you got to give them credit for, I mean, withstanding all those set points, what, what was it like? coaching in that moment and that second set as great as it was for both teams.
4: Yeah. I mean, you always just kind of try to stay in the moment. So really not looking at it in that kind of historical perspective. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, um, we played lots of, you know, high level, exciting sets. And like I said, we weren't even playing that well and we were able to win. We, you know, we should have closed out the first set or certainly had an opportunity to, and we were able to, to battle back and win that second. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I'm, at the end, I'm like, I'm sure that was an entertaining match, you know, and a lot of people that watched it, uh, you know, enjoyed the, just a the high level of play. But, um, you know, like you said, we're disappointed that we didn't win and, and more focused on um, what's happening in the moment.
2: Charlie Wade joining us here on ESPN, Honolulu, talking Rainbow Warrior volleyball. Can you maybe give us a sense of what the locker room was like and what you said to your team immediately afterwards?
4: Well, I think a lot of what I just said to you guys, you know, that was the message. And I, you know, even, even though the guys were disappointed and, you know, it's more emotional for them too, because, you know, these, they have made bonds and friendships with guys that literally will, you know, stand next to them at their weddings and carry their casket when it's all said and done, you know, these guys wow. really do become part of a brotherhood and will be um, close, close friends for life. So, um, you know, it's always emotional when there's you're saying goodbye to people, but it's, it's not really goodbye. It's more like, okay, we'll we'll see you down the road because, again, uh, they'll be a part of the program and be friends for life.
0: Charlie Wade here with us. And, um, you, you know, man, this is a long season. It's almost you've been playing for almost four months, practicing longer than that. I mean, this, this whole thing started off with Ball State on January 12th. It seems like ages ago. But what I wanted to actually not get to was that was for folks who are listening in, Remind us of who's um, who we're saying aloha to. And I know Cole Hoagland, but and uh, Jakob Tella. But who are some of the guys to look forward to next year who maybe were uh, in in some of that depth?
4: Yeah, well, uh, Brett, Spiros, and Chaz uh, were starters. And, and, and Guillerme, those guys are all coming back. you yeah. turned four starters off this group. You know, and we saw a fair amount of Kurt Neuster this year. You know, he'll certainly be in the mix. Um, You know, guys like Alakai Todd that's been in the program, what will be now his sixth year, you know, he'll certainly get an opportunity to compete. But it's going to look a lot different. You know, I'm saying there may be as many as 10 new guys on the roster when we finally get back in the gym in August. You know, we know there's the recruits that are – that we signed and everybody knows about, but we are in that, uh, the window of not only transfer portal, but just trying to, you know, add guys to the roster here over the summer, get them admitted to the university. So, um, I mean, we're really looking to add depth at every position. Mm-hmm. I, I think, um, you know, we're, we're not just going to sit back and kind of rest on our laurels. We want guys to kind of raise the competition level in the gym and, um, and literally have guys competing for, uh starting spots at every position on the floor so uh you know i said early on like last year after we won we had some really nice successes recruiting we continue to kind of get a higher caliber of player than historically what we've gotten you know we've kind of taken the the cole hoglins and colton Cowells guys nobody's yeah. ever heard of and gotten to the highest level we're now starting to get more of the kind of blue chip guys that are you know that the uclas and stanford and SC's of the world actually wanted so we're winning those battles oh, um you know in the living room and on uh, the recruiting front so the future is really exciting for me you know i'm looking at it going man we've been winning with again guys nobody's ever heard of that just bought in and worked really hard if we get to start um with kind of top of the food chain guys and blue chippers uh i don't think we're going to win less you know i think we're going to be <laughs> um competitive and uh and keep battling uh, for championships year after year. That's certainly the goal. And I'll tell you what, what, what keeps me up at night is uh, how we can sustain this. And that's part of this idea of bringing in and, and making it more competitive. Because if you look at what we've done in the community, the amount of support we get, and it's just, to me, the most important thing right now is how do I continue to bring this kind of pride and joy to the people of Hawaii? Because they've shown that they, they appreciate us so much that, that for me it's it's about sustaining this. It's about how do we keep this. We'll never guarantee championships and guarantee that we're going to be in the final game. But, you know, for me, it's doing everything I can to give us our best chance to to be right there at the end competing for both league and national championships.
0: You know, and I think that's why the people support you. That's why you had thousands of people get on and you know, whatever it was at 12 hours to travel out to Fairfax, Virginia and cheer you guys on listening on the radio when you guys were coming back uh from that 19 to 13 deficit in game and set 2 I mean that was what it's all about when you look up um, I don't know if you saw that looked in the newspaper the next day at the star advertiser the photo they shot of you from be, uh, behind as you have two shakas uh, you know put up to the crowd I mean just just looking at that crowd must have been unbelievable for you Charlie
4: yeah, it really was special, and, and special for the guys. You know, when we would, when we would leave the hotel to go to the game, it was just—I mean—shoulder to shoulder all the way through the lobby of the hotel. It was kind of cool because the other teams were staying there too, so they had to walk through and see it. <laughs> and it was all Hawaii. It was all Hawaii fans and the band and the were Like, dang, these guys are serious about this. Mm-hmm. You know. And then uh, I got to give a shout out to the alumni association. I mean, they really—they—they they had events for us um before each night and again hundreds of people from all over the east coast all over the country that are Hawaii alums that came out to support us so it really was a you know a special week for us um and a- and again you know the losing the match at the end was disappointing but certainly uh, a positive experience for everybody no question
0: you know when you're fighting for recruits against your UCLA's and oh, Ohio State or Penn State I mean you just got to show them video of that hey you come to this school this is how the community gets behind you you're not going to find that anywhere else in the world
4: yeah no doubt you know and uh they still some of them still will tell us no you know just they don't quite get it uh-huh. and, um and really it's they, they need to talk to the the yakub tellers and the film humblers and cole Hogland, cannot you kind of talk to the guys who have lived it and have them tell them just really how it has Impacted their life in such a powerful, positive way. Charlie,
2: I know you were talking a little bit about the future with everybody that you've got committed to next year's team. How many more scholarships do you have available for next season?
4: Yeah, it doesn't look like that. You're you, letting your basketball brain kind of yeah. kick in. You know what I'm saying? Come you on, know Gary. Well, well, oh, I it's not Like basketball, like here you have like okay, they get we we get four and a half. You know, so we're always kind of spreading it around, and you know, they always I don't have head, any. Head, have i got a deal for you you're gonna come five thousand miles and you're gonna get you know anyway you know so we're always trying to sell those other parts of the program you know and there has um over the last several years you know there's what i would call more buckets of money to help with the guys and that stuff's impactful at our level because again with only four and a half anytime you can expand those kind of resources are really important so the cost of attendance That is kicked in the last few years That UH has done a nice job of of getting in. Now we have this thing called the Alston agreement, where again, you can give money to guys for their academic achievement. Um, And then obviously NIL and NIL just continues to grow. And I mean, it, that is kind of a limitless opportunity to, to really help, um, you know, get guys and and help them financially to come and attend. So um, like you said, the, the future's, exciting it's a it's a really interesting time in college athletics and um you know we're we're at a moment in time in our community that men's volleyball is is popular and right and a lot of people want to support us so um like you said i what keeps me up at night is trying to figure out a way how i can sustain this in the foreseeable future okay
2: maybe rephrase that how many how many (laughs) roster spots do you have available for next season as of now
4: we, we're not limited. Well, uh, I'll take that back. We are somewhat limited. We're at the point now that as I add people, um, and I will add someone if I think they have a realistic chance to start. And um, as we add people like that, if we can find them, and it's harder and harder, obviously, because our ta- team is really talented, um, that we we'll, may have to cut guys <laughs> that are already on the roster. I mean, that's happening. And that's mm-hmm. just the world of men's collegiate volleyball. There are more good players than teams. Roster spots are coveted. So as I look at opportunity, and our team is popular, and a lot of people are, uh, you know, interested in joining us. And, you know, we're, we are going to, I know last year I didn't, uh, I, I just didn't jump into the transfer portal. I couldn't really, you know, I, I, we had some money, and I, I decided to reinvest it back in the program. Um, you know, I, I should have given it to J.R. Norris, the guy who gets UCLA with <laughs> for five aces to played out of his mind. He literally, we had conversation last year over the summer, and just ah, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't gonna like, not invest in the guys that we already had in the program. Obviously, hindsight, you know, right. that guy obviously is super talented and a good guy and good player. But, um, you know, with this year, we're like you said, we're kind of changing the, we're not holding the trophy. You know, we're gonna we're gonna just kind of keep it real and make everybody aware that look, the best players are gonna play, and we're gonna try to fill this roster with as many good players as we can. And, you know, that's what we owe to the people in this community, do everything we can to keep this at the level it is.
2: Okay, now that the volleyball season is over, what we also want to know is who's going to be the next athletic director?
4: Uh, yeah, he's not uh, going to Wade, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to put Makana, my son Makana's name up. He seems to be on top of everything that's going on.
0: Oh, uh, he's the sports guy uh, in the family. Yeah. Right They're on. Put hey, his so, name out there right on so okay so now um you've got uh you've got some volleyball watching to do with the state tournament going on we'll let you go for now i'll text you later on the other thing we were talking about and thank you charlie and uh uh again everybody thank you for a a magical season thank you very much thanks charlie
4: all right guys i appreciate it thanks for having me on and thanks for all your support throughout the year it really was a, a special year and um you know, again, we're we're excited about next year and just want to keep this thing rolling. Thank you guys. Thank right you. On.
0: All right, there's Charlie Wade. Uh we got some texts uh regarding that coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hey, we got this new deal called Athletes with a capital E A T S. That's right. Cole Mossoff is sits down with a bunch of sports stars and they have some food from some great Kind of hole in the wall places. Uh, check out our video now at uh, on the YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com, and uh, you see the guys having some grinds from Pioneer Saloon. I've never been there before, but makes you want to check it out. Pioneer Saloon. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, where people like banking. Mics are hot hi i am a hoity-toity guy and the mics are hot who used to talk like that it was like a cartoon cat could we kindly fade out the music play like nice <laughs> <job>. <laughs> hey what a spec! you know what that's that's so cool for charlie wade to come on i i didn't know and you know if he would be um kind of bummed out but he's fired up man he's fired up and he you know what make you know what fires him up you not you dickman you the listener that's what he that's what that's what fires up him that's fires what up fires him? him up that's what <laughs> fires up his team right hey they lost the national championship they're so good that it's not it should be national championship or bust but his whole thing he never talked about the national championship really what he talked about was doing, just doing, serving the community, being there for the community. That's why thousands of people from Hawaii are in Fairfax, Virginia. They probably couldn't wait to get the next flight out of there. But that's what it's all about. And that's how you build a program. Remember when he first started 14 years ago? I'm sorry, but they sucked. Then they suck again. Then they suck again. But he built the program from scratch,
2: and look where they are now. Do you have his record in year one or two? I mean, I don't remember. I know they weren't a championship team. I don't remember them being – I don't know if they were that bad. I can't remember. I remember the crowds. I talked about the crowds yesterday, how they were about the same, as, be honest, as women's basketball where you'd get out of 1,000.
0: Go look it up at the HawaiiAthletics.com. I want okay. to get a couple of texts at 808-296-1420. Okay, you do that, and I'll do this. <laughs> I would like to thank Coach Wade for the success that he has orchestrated on the volleyball program, especially since, as a whole, Hawaii is probably the most knowledgeable and appreciative fans in the collegiate volleyball world. That's a good text, 808-296-1420. Here's another one. Charlie Wade, a great KHON2 story on the mom who lost her daughter to suicide. And how Charlie and the team made the mom open up about her daughter. The article made my wife a fan of Charlie Wade. Gobos. All right. Thank you for the text.
2: I saw the headline on that yesterday. didn't get to read it. But one of the things I mentioned a few weeks ago, just for example, a Jakob Tella. And there's a lady I know her whose son is on, is on dialysis. And he met, uh, her brother, excuse me. And he met Jakob after a match, I think, last year. And for whatever reason, when they met after the match with those autograph signings, he took a liking to the fan and gave him his number, and they text basically once or twice a week, every week, Jakob just checking on this guy. A fan that can't make it out to every match but goes as often as he can. But that kind of thing, again, I don't think that would happen at a lot of programs, that maybe it happens at others, but it's just an example of the community getting involved and a player like Jakob Tella. Who really had no connection to this guy except volleyball and how he keeps in touch and makes this guy's life so much better? the 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 the, the young man is yeah. so <laughs> excited that and so happy and appreciative that a guy like Jakob Teller will reach out to him continuously. That he gave him his mm-hmm. number and they he can text often. It might not mean, mean a lot to some people. I think that's a really really good story. Just shows the character of this team. All right. Did you find? Did you
0: complete your assignment? I'm still working on it. I have like okay, let me record. let me help you let me help you out here. That'd be a in first. In 2010, uh, the volleyball team went 19 and 10 overall, and we lost to UCLA twice. So and you're saying that and 10, sucked. For a Charlie Wade's standard, certainly does. Now in 2011, they don't suck again. Oh no, that's 2023. Hold on a second. <laughs> I was like, in 2011, they were 29 and three. Okay. Uh, they suck again. In 2011, they were 15 and 13. You see, yeah. Uh, that was 2011. In 2012, the University of Hawaii men's volleyball team was seven wins and 20 losses. Wow. Uh, they're kind of going the uh, the other way. Like the And then next year, in 2013, they're 11 wins and 17 losses. In 2014, they're starting moving up now, 15 and 12. In 2015, the men's volleyball team turned it around. I don't know what happened in 2015, but they went 24 and seven. So um, the next year they dropped a little, 16 and 12. That's uh, in 2000. Um, that was 2016, 2017, 27 and six, 2018, 19 and eight. You see, so it's starting to make a a, a big trajectory upward right, right. in the last uh, in the last six or seven years, and that's you're building the program. You see, now Hawaii may not go twenty nine and three in twenty twenty four, but you can bet that the as, when you look at the big picture, if this is on like some kind of uh, you know uh, graph, you would see that it's still you know a little blip moving up. It's it's moving upwards. You know, the, the, it's trending upwards in the last seven, eight years for Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. And it's I know, 840s. Mm-hmm.
2: I, and I, excuse me. I, I know I said this throughout the season, that even if they don't win a championship, I hope people aren't disappointed because of this run that they've accomplished so much. But it doesn't seem like this run is over. I know they lose, obviously, the best setter we've had in a long time, if not ever, and Jakob all these accomplishments, but you have four returning starters. you got some good recruits coming in. It's it's not just a one- or two-year deal with this team being on top. I think if they're right. going to continue, and that they've built, as you mentioned, with the win-loss records over the years. I don't think they're going to go away anytime soon. And again, 29-3 and three might be too much to ask for, but I think they're going to be, as of right now, they've got to be on the running for one of the top teams in the country next year.
0: Right, and, and you heard him say, I mean, it's not unheard of for a freshman to come out and make a make a big difference. So what we learned today is we learned that okay now, instead of going out and you know taking us getting a six four middle blocker and developing him, now nothing against Cole Hoagland, What a treat it was to watch him this year. Wish him all the best in his professional life in Japan. So with Cole Hoagland, you know you have a six four middle blocker, really undersized. Chaz Galloway is an outside hitter. Would you call him an outside? Yeah, I mean, he's 6'3". I mean, he's like, you know, he can he can jump 44 inches in the air. Uh, you know, the guy can basically fly through the air. I mean, he looks like Michael Jordan taking off from the, uh, the foul line in, in a slam dunk contest. I mean, he's unbelievable. But, um, you know, you've got now Charlie says, hey, we're starting to get blue chip guys now. Charlie doesn't have to get on a plane and fly around the world necessarily to get some of this talent. Now the, the, the blue chippers are saying, hey, yeah, I'll come to Hawaii. That, that's one. Another thing that we learned was that transfer portal might not be such a bad idea. That was
2: something He, he, he
0: was all against that before. And now he says, you know what, I should have used the transfer portal. I like that. It's just open-minded, you know. And,
2: and, again, it just made so much sense with everything he has said and with his program. I, again, Two years ago, they win, the, I mean, they win the championship last year. I guess we two seasons ago now, and everybody's back. You still have players coming back for next year. And so I, I don't think this run is over, and I can't wait to see what they can do next year. And even though UCLA has everybody back, as you've mentioned, still they're going to be that kind of a team. And it's also, as we know, the Big West, Probably the best conference in the country. Charlie even said it. MPSF is good, but they've been almost dominating that conference of late, and hopefully that will continue. But it's nice to see that the program kind of sells itself; it almost self-recruits with the success they've had and everything they have to offer.
0: Uh, I don't know how. I don't know about self-recruiting. I mean, it's that's that's pretty tough. Well, but, I mean, with uh, the, the program success, of I mean you're in the yeah. final
2: final match, championship match, four years in a row. It is Hawaii, the crowds, everything else. I think it kind of does. I mean, other programs, I'm sure, have things to offer, and the NIL part is separate. But as far as what the program yeah. has to offer, I think they got a when, lot. Of, in their favorite. I hear
0: you. I just when you say the program recruits itself, it, it just sounds like well, they don't. Really, anyone could coach this team. Let me no. get one more text. Yeah. Let me. I know you don't mean that. Yeah. Let me get one more text, uh, and then we got to take a break. Uh, This one says, Mahalo, Coach Wade, for setting the bar of excellence for this program very high. I find myself looking for what volleyball recruits we're bringing in, like an Alabama person might be looking at football recruits. That's from Craig. He says, Mahalo, Coach. And we'll be right back to wrap it all up here on ESPN Honolulu. So what did we learn in the world of sports yesterday? Well, we learned in the NBA that Lonnie Walker's probably, uh, you know, going to get a pretty good payday. I know it was only a fourth quarter, but what a hero he was for the Lakers!
2: He was a big hero. Those fifteen points. I don't think one game necessarily going to give him an extended, extended maybe more contract. playing time. Yeah, and you know the thing at the beginning of the year, he started for them. And he got a lot of minutes. Little by little, he got a lot of DNPs, did not play. And you almost forget about him But some of the other guys. And that's partly because of the trade deadline with some of the guys they got, like Hachimura, uh, Schroeder, and some of the other players that they get, and just falling out of the rotation. I was glad for him. And we got to see him play here against Hawaii when he was here for the Diamond Head. He was on Miami. Uh, and I thought he was going to be a pretty good NBA player. But good to see what he did yesterday.
0: Uh, good to see that the Knicks are on the brink of elimination as the mighty, mighty Miami Heat uh, are, um, uh, you know, kicking their butts.
2: Yeah, you're kind of right about that. I can't disagree, but it's May 9th, and my New York Knicks are still playing. Where are your Dallas Mavericks right now? Oh, yeah, they didn't make
0: the playoff. They choked. They sucked. They stuck you, they I, it up. I told you that I have. I have been off that bandwagon all year. My really? favorite team is the Miami Heat and the Lakers.
2: Really? Yes. Wow, what did that start about it's a week documented. ago? It's documented.
0: It's been said on this radio show.
2: No, I've documented everything you've said. Let me look it up. Nope, never said
0: it all season long. You could even a find a Hawaii volleyball schedule. Don't make it like you found something quickly. Well, you gave
2: the 2023 record from 10, 15 years ago. So what are you
0: talking about? Okay, let's uh, <laughs> move on here. Uh, Nikola Jokic will not be suspended for uh pushing the flopping owner of the Phoenix Suns. But you know what? He's fined twenty five thousand dollars. That's horrible. Shame on you, NBA. The you know who should you know who should get uh, fined? Is Matt Ishbia, the guy who instigated all of this and put hands on Jokic first. You still. You have his to his punishment?
2: Yep. You uh, we'll see if he gets a letter of reprimand or something like that. His punishment is well. I spent like four billion on this team. They're not doing anything to me.
0: There you go. There you go. How much time left, Tanner? Oh, we gotta go already. <laughs> I, I need to get to the Iowa State gambling. Tiger Woods' his ex-girlfriend suing him. Cam Newton this is no one wants to have him on his team because his hair is too long. We gotta go. We'll see you tomorrow morning at six. On ESPN, Honolulu.